been waiting for this day for a long time. Oh, boy! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Disney Underground, your experimental podcast of tomorrow. I'm your host, Gene. Today is August 23rd, 2021, and this is episode 49. We want to thank you in advance for taking this magical journey with us. we got a big show today. We have a couple of big guests stopping in. We have hit Disney Plus series, Behind the Attractions director, Brian Evoke Weiss in the house. We're also going to be joined by the Pete McDevitt show's Pete McDevitt. And uh, speaking of Behind the Attractions, today the crew is going to discuss what attractions we'd like to see the show cover in the future for a future episode. Plus, we'll have all the latest Disney news and info, but first, let's do the Disney Underground Roll Call. The Disney Underground Roll Call. Up first, the besteners of the Midwesterners, Dan and Steph. What's up? Hi. Hi. (laughs) How are you guys doing? Cool. All right. Fresh off a mini trip. Yeah, an exciting vacation to Aberdeen, South Dakota. (laughs) Storybook land and the land of Oz. That's right. They make a mean macaroni and cheese grilled cheese sandwich it's it was so good on texas toast with barbecue sauce and your choice of dips you guys it was so good <laughs> nice nice so good so shout out to the people kind people of aberdeen aberdeen <laughs> for having us <laughs> and from sunny miami joey and sammy what's up guys hello what's up by the way that sounds like really good oh my i'm God. a huge fan of uh grilled cheese so and mac and cheese, so I'll take that. So what dip did you guys pick? That's, that's It was some... like a, a oh, chili a, mayo sauce. Because, yeah, sweet chili ranch. I had wings, actually, but that's what you had. Yeah, I just really, really, I don't know why I never thought to take mayonnaise and sweet chili and mix it together. Because it was right. sweet, you guys. It was sweet. And this, I have to, one more thing about the sandwich. <laughs> I have to say, it wasn't a situation of there's meat on there and I got to pick the meat off. That's how, That was how it was billed as macaroni and cheese on a buttered grilled cheese, Texas toast bread. Oh, oh yes. So delicious. Yeah. Heaven. <laughs> Better than our hotel room. Yeah. Oh, you guys really also. I love the furniture you guys had there. That chair sounded <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, Nothing but the best when on vacation. You got a, you got about five videos of that sucker, so it was worth it. <laughs> <I know. laughs> wow. We drove all that way. Good stuff. There was so much to do. We thought it was going to be extremely kitschy, but it was actually very well done and kind of touching and kind of sweet. Very and cool. the guy who wrote Wizard of Oz is from there. So yeah. we didn't know that. So that's why they have the big Wizard of Oz thing. Yeah, ah. it was really fun. Awesome. That's good. All right. Well, you know, let's do our, our sponsor read from Magical Travels by Brian. The Disney Underground is proudly brought to you by Magical Travel by Brian. Contact Brian to help you book your next vacation. Magical Travel by Brian can help you not only book your next Disney vacation, but much, much more. Brian can also help you book your Universal Studios vacations, all-inclusive Caribbean resorts, cruises, corporate travel. They can even help you book your destination wedding, even Disney destination weddings. They're going to get you the best price possible on your trip. And that's a promise. And you know what the best part is, uh, Dan? It's free. That's right. They are 
completely free. It's a no-brainer. It doesn't cost a cent for info. Reach out to Magical Travel by Brian. You can check them out on their website, www.magicaltravelbybrian.com. Email brian at magicaltravel.com or by phone, 1-800-883-1535 extension. Double nickel. And Brian is spelled B-R-I-A-N. So go check him out and thank him for being a sponsor. Yeah. So with that, you know what? Let's uh let's head into some Disney news. Okay, so let's kick it to Joey and Sam for the news. What do you guys got in the news this week? So there's a new series streaming on my Disney Experience app called Designing Disney Parks. The series will explore the history of Walt Disney World Resorts in advance of the 50th anniversary celebration. The first episode called Designing Disney Parks, Creating Walt Disney World is now available and new episodes will be available on a weekly basis. So there's a new limited release Halloween magic band available at the Imperium in Magic Kingdom. The magic band has Mickey dressed in his Halloween best on one side and on the other side, a group of ghosts wearing Mickey, Minnie, Donald and Goofy hats. So Hocus Pocus Crocs are now available in Disney World. The glittery orange and purple clogs come with three themed charms on each shoe. The clogs were also available online for pre-order on Shop Disney. However, they are currently sold out. They recent they were also recently spotted at the Imperium for $54.99. That's pricey for Crocs, no? Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. The, I looked online and, and if you go to crocs.com, Crocs are expensive. They're they are? Expensive if they're like a different style or like a certain something on it. It's, I mean, I'm really sad because I was looking for Crocs while I was at Disney. Yeah, that's why I was laughing when she first said That's why it's in there. <laughs> it was like every day, like we literally went through every single store from front to back in every park and couldn't find a, a single pair of Crocs until the day we left. Yeah. And then we saw them posted. So the fact that they're like, yeah, Crocs. I'm like, great. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> I would have loved Focus Pocus Crocs instead of the ones I got. (laughs) So, Joey, what do we got? All right. So first up, a little bit of Mandalorian news. Carl Weathers uh, recently shared at Steel City Con, uh, the Mandalorian season three will begin filming next month. Finally, Um, (laughs) Weathers shared with those in attendance. We're going to start basically saying we're going to start a new season of the Mandalorian in the next month. Yeah. And I get to be in front of the camera again and I get to direct again. So I hope you all stay on the lookout for it. Watch it. Support it. Please, because I'm not just proud of my work, but I'm proud of the show and to be part of it, which I didn't know he was doing any type of directing and stuff with this. I didn't know that either. Did he, is this the first time or did he direct anything in the previous episodes? I, I wasn't think he aware. did on the last one, too. Did I thought. he? Oh, okay. it's possible. So anyway, filming for season three was supposed to begin in April, uh, but was pushed back in favor of the first season of The Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, obviously, I want The Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I don't yes. want them to push this thing a, a back a year. <laughs> To filming drives me crazy. They're also filming uh, The Mandalorian, I think, on the same sets as Obi Wan. Oh yeah, yeah. they're going to use. I'm sure they're going to use the the technique that they use for this for all of them. <laughs> it just drives me crazy, man. There's no other show that does this. I mean, they do. I feel like the more popular shows get, the more, the more they make you wait in between seasons. Look at The Sopranos. Every year it would go on, it would get more and more popular, and every year you'd wait more longer for the following well, season. I mean, same I mean, thing with Game of Thrones. Same, Game of Thrones, same way. It's six episodes. <laughs> yeah, like it's six weeks, and that's it. I remember there was also something that Pedro Pascal was working on, too, why they also postponed rec- uh, filming, because I think there was another project he wanted to work on, too. So out of respect to let him do that, I think that's why they pushed it back as well. I remember us doing a story about that a few It was the uh, Family Feud. Ah, Family Feud. Well, you know. <laughs> All right, Joey, what else we got? 
All right, next up uh, in the Disney Plus series, The Falcon Winter Soldier, star Anthony Mackie has signed on to play Captain America once again in the new film, Captain America 4, from Marvel Studios. Captain America 4 is being written by The Falcon and Winter Soldier head writer and creator Malcolm Spellman, along with the series staff writer Dallin Musant. I mean, I like all the characters, so we'll see how this goes. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, listen, I like the series, so. Yeah, we'll miss Chris Evans for sure because he's. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, it's like having not, you know, it's like not having, you know, RDJ in, in, in the movies anymore with Iron Man. But it's, um, you know, I think we'll be fine. I think he's going to I think he's proven to be able to handle the role with the show. Kind of like not having George Clooney and Batman anymore. Right. Well, that was, you know, <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah, or, Val, or Val Kilmer. All right, well, Joey, what else we got? Next up, uh, Walt Disney World has updated their face mask policy. And of course, this is going to be hot topic again. To say that starting on August 19th, for guests basically will not be required to wear a face mask on outdoor rides and attractions or while waiting in, out, uh, in line outdoors. So outdoor queues. So guests will still be required to wear masks while indoors, in public places, and on Disney transportation. If you're in a queue that starts outside but goes it's, inside, do you have to put it on once you get indoors? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. It's a little odd, but yes, that's pretty much how it is. I, although I thought that's pretty much how it was before. So why the switch? I'm not sure. Especially It hasn't even been in place that long. No. And the numbers haven't gotten better either. Right. It's getting way worse. So I don't it understand. It seemed right. extremely bizarre, I thought, to do it now. There was a big thing with... um. And I feel bad for it again, when, whenever they implement this type of stuff, I really feel bad for the cast members because they're the mm-hmm. ones that have to deal with this. Nonsense. Right. Yep. So they were dealing with it was funny. They um, I saw an article where they posted a picture from uh, Splash Mountain because, you know, the ride is indoor and it's outdoor. Mm-hmm. You got your, you know, the drops outside, but then yeah, you know, a bunch of it's indoor. So technically you're supposed to be wearing your mask the entire time. So you've got basically coming down the big drop pictures of half the people in the, in the, in the boat wearing the masks and then the other halves are not. And then the cast members are still yelling at the people to wear them. And then those people right. are like, well, I don't, it's just, it's a mess because now you're, you're convoluting everything. Yeah. It's yeah, either just- outdoor off, indoor on or not. You can't be like, well, cause like you said, with cues where you have them, where they start outside, go inside, come back outside. Like, plus you're going to get people that just, you know, out of just, just not being in the moment, forgetting that to even put it like, you're going to people that innocently forget to put it back on. You're going to have that too. Yeah. You know We're not mean? talking about you. Cause I've even done that. Me yeah. too. All the time. <clears throat> yeah. You're going to have those. And then you're going to have the ones that are purposely trying to push the boundaries as much as mm-hmm. they can. Oh, that yeah. goes. It's just human nature. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, to Dan's point, it's interesting that they would do this now. The original policy wasn't even placed that long. And like you said, Gene, the numbers are getting way worse. They're not better. So I don't know why this is the change now. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I it thought be- it was odd that it was ever in place. You know, with outside and the queue, it just kind of seemed weird. But when I saw that, I'm like, how are they? How are they? I mean, I don't care, but it's like, how are they justified that quick? I had to read it. What was it a month ago? Yeah. 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 Maybe about that. I literally thought I was misreading it. All right. Next up. Great news. Uh, The big top souvenirs has reopened in Magic Kingdom, which I've been wanting them to do for a while now. Uh, the Storybook Circus retail location has reopened for the first time since the parks closed in March of 2020. Uh, it also recently underwent a refurbishment. So I'd like to at least see that. But I always like going to this. Most people that don't know this or that do know this, this is the big tent and all the way in the back by Dumbo and stuff. I, I always like going in there. I, every time we would go by there, I'm like, man, I wish they would open this thing. So wasn't yeah. the refurbishment a lot to do with the fire? I, I don't know. They had a fire in there. So. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why. I don't know how bad it was or yeah, got me. I hear it's not even 100% set up in there yet. Like really? some of the shelves aren't quite fully stocked, but they wanted to get it open. Mm. That makes sense. 
But you know what? If you're so close to the 50th, why not just get it done so it's fully done for the you know? Well, I think it's longer. done. It's just the merch isn't ha- you know quite stocked. I mean, the shelves and all that crap is done. Who knows? Oh, okay. Maybe it's done by now. You know. You know what I haven't heard is whatever about. happened with uh, dinosaur. Oh yeah. I haven't heard a thing. Yeah, you know what? That's nothing. a good point. Nothing. I haven't heard anything. In case you didn't hear on a previous episode, one day all of a sudden all the dinosaur merchandise was gone. Like cleaned out (laughs) with no signs of what's coming or anything so everyone was like what's going on so so weird that was what like three weeks ago we said that probably i don't know i'm curious all right next up we have another new golden book it's being released in the new disney attraction titles uh the newest will be space mountain book released on october 12th which you can pre-order on amazon now they're really great books which feature outstanding illustrations taking you through the ride and they're a bargain at only uh, $5.99. What if we there's have, any hidden Mickeys in it? I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, these are really good books, especially for kids and stuff like that. Even if not, they're great collector items because of the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, other titles coming out like Luca and stuff like that, but I'm more excited about these ones on the actual attractions. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a cool idea. Because yeah. they never have anything, you know, like that really right. anymore. So, right. Yep. And that's what I got. All right. So let's kick it over to Steph. What did you got, Steph? I've got the new <laughs> Blair collection that celebrates Alice in Wonderland's 70th anniversary is available now. The Mary Blair-inspired Alice in Wonderland collection at Epcot can be found at the Queen's Table in the UK Pavilion. The abstract style inspired by Mary Blair features headbands, mugs, spoons, kitchen towels, a a bag chain with a picture of a watch face and a rocking horse fly charm on it with Mary Blair's signature engraved on the back and much more. How much more? Much. There's a lot of stuff for this and some of them um, have really cool kind of gift boxes for the items. Oh, cute. So they really make that kind of extra gift i'm not i'm not loving that this isn't kind of my style but i think it's really cool that they brought back her style Mm -hmm. you know for this it's it's something a little different i I was just gonna say i love the fact that they still honor mary blair the way they do all right next up if you're hungry tortuga tavern reopened in disney's magic kingdom with new menu items this popular quick service restaurant is located across from pirates of the caribbean the menu now includes a brand new item okay Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. The peanut butter, chocolate hazelnut spread, and banana sandwich. I saw this. Oh, my God. How good did it look? I got to get it. It looks delicious. And you didn't eat it? You didn't get it? No, no, no. I'm saying I just saw the thing. Oh, oh, yeah. It wasn't there when we were there. What kind of bread is it on? Just open. I know, but I thought, you know, just open, you know, in the past, like. I told Stephanie that her jaw was just dropped. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we gotta get this right up your alley. What, what kind of bread is it on, though? I don't know. Is it like regular white bread, or Joey? Did you notice what kind of bread it was? I mean, bread can make a big difference. That's why I'm asking. You know, that's true, Jean, because when Stephanie got her grilled cheese sandwich the first night of our trip recently, she forgot that the bread is pumpernickel, and she's not a huge fan of pumpernickel. Yeah. I like pumpernickel, but. N- not with yeah, I was saying you got, I was saying not for a grilled cheese, so you gotta go sourdough. Well, it, it wasn't yeah. a grilled cheese technically, it was a Reuben, right? Yeah, and a she Reuben. just made it into a grilled cheese because there wasn't like a normal one. A Reuben's gotta either be I, I could see pumpernickel on a Reuben on but usually it's rye for a Reuben. Well, this is South Dakota. Yeah. I got the patty separate so I could eat it later. Yeah. Mm. What kind of patty? It's chopped sirloin, actually. Peppermint? Oh, I think my peppermint. <laughs> so I just looked online on the menu and it doesn't say what type of bread. It doesn't? <laughs> I bet the bread is good. Yeah. It's good bread. It just says served with house made chips. 
Well, that sounds good. Housemade chips. That's really good. Okay. Speak, speaking of housemade chips, Damn why do man. scuba divers fall backwards into the water? <sighs> speaking of housemade chips. <laughs> I don't even know. Because if they fell forward, they'd fall in the boat. No? Okay. <laughs> what? That one. I mean, that's Wait. a perfect segue from chips. Scuba divers fall into the backwards in the water usually. Oh, yeah. Because if they fell forwards, they'd fall back into the boat. You know, it's a really good joke when you have to keep explaining it and you still don't really even get a, oh, that's when you've really nailed it. Well, why are, why are walruses never offended, Dan? Oh, we, we get two? <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's got to take another swing. Because they have thick skin. Wait, what was the joke again? Double, exactly. Yeah, Dan's probably Exactly my point. Listen, they're not all tens, you know what I mean? Yeah, listen, Double dose of a couple again? twos. Uh, you get enough twos, you can add up to a 10. I can go up with three more twos and get a 10. How about that? Wait. Listen, they're, uh, they're not all diamonds. I would like to hear okay. the joke one more time. Which one? The walrus one or the scuba one? The second bad one, yeah. Yeah, the walrus. Why yeah. do walruses never get offended? Yeah, I don't oh. get it. What do you okay. mean? Thick skin. Thick skin? They have thick skin. Yeah. For real. And oh. they have, and you have to have thick skin to not be offended. They always say you're right. Yeah, that I get. Yeah, I didn't realize that they had. Yeah, I guess that one didn't land. Whoa. For real. Yeah. All right, moving on. So, yeah, let's. Um, on. It's bad. Let's pretend that didn't even happen. You mean me? I'm bad, or the joke is bad? A little really? bit of both, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> like let's just say yes. We'll just go. All right. Ahead. Well, very exciting topic: Halloween. <laughs> and if you are looking to get into the Halloween spirit, then you should head over to Uptown Jewelers and Magic Kingdom to check out the new Disney Parks Harvey's. Halloween collection. The new collection, although pricey, does feature a plush pumpkin crossbody bag for $58 that is extremely cute that it is set apart from the rest of the collection in terms of look. If you are like us and can't wait to finally be able to dine at Space 220 in Epcot, then we have some good news for you. Disney has said that Space 220 is set to begin service in mid-September of 2021. They still have not released an exact opening date, but we are getting close. That's yeah, exciting. Be, that place should be pretty fun. I know they did like a, a short video kind of showing you inside or any stuff. It mm -hmm. looks awesome. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. pretty cool. I, uh, hopefully the food is just as cool as the theming, you know? Yeah. What's the Have they said again? anything about it? What What's the theme? Yeah, what is the place? <laughs> That's a jungle theme. <laughs> Lions and tigers, not bears. What? Space. It's yeah. It's like being. It's like eating on a space station. <laughs> well, it's just it's called Space Two Twenty or Two Two Zero. She just thought, she thought there was gonna be a lot of space in the room. Yes, right? yes, I did. Socially <laughs> distanced Two Twenty. Disney's adaptive Halloween costumes are returning. These fun costumes return with new character options and the great quality we enjoyed from the first collection. We love that there are several options for wheelchair accessories. You can transform into a Disney princess, the incredible Star Wars, and more. These costumes offer more than just wheelchair add-ons, though. There are extra lengths, stretchier openings, flap for easy access, and even tube access openings. You can find all these great adaptive Disney Halloween costumes now at shopdisney.com. Some of these are pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen them yet. What, 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 how do they look? Good? There's like, um, for instance, like there's a Mandalorian ship that, you know, sets oh. over like the we the wheelchair. Oh, that's pretty cool. Like that. Ah, that is cool. And a lot of these, what they're talking about, like all the stretchiness and the arm holes is, you know, for people that might have braces or things like that, that there wouldn't normally be enough room on. But yeah, yeah. Buzz Lightyear was in there too. There's a lot of cool stuff. 
Oh, I love that. I Just a nice were, option to have. They were doing that a couple of years ago. Well, as I reported, are returning. All right. Disney's Jungle Cruise, starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, arrives on all major digital platforms on August 31st and on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray and DVD on November 16th. With Ultra HD quality and immersive Dolby Atmos audio with never before seen bonus footage, including 11 deleted scenes, bloopers, outtakes, and featurettes. It also features Expedition Mode, in which you can learn fun facts, discover Easter eggs, and catch some pop-up trivia throughout the movie. There's also It's a Jungle Out There, the making of the Jungle Cruise, and Once a Skip, Always a Skip. Join a panel of skippers at the Disneyland Resort as they reminisce about the rewards, challenges, and surprises they've experienced while helming the world-famous Jungle Cruise attraction and hear their advice to aspiring skippers and so much more. Disney definitely did it right with the bonus content on this. This this is just part of it. There's so much on here. This looks really good. Which is completely what you need to do when you're trying to get somebody to buy Blu-ray, DVD, something like that. Give them something more because more than likely... Like us, we've seen the film already, so give us a reason to also own it. Tickets for Disney's Very Merriest After Hours will run on 24 select nights from November 8th through December 21st are now available for guests at select Disney World resorts. Minnie's wonderful Christmas time fireworks and Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade will be back. The parade will feature our characters, and special ones, I know for you, Steph, toy, the Toy Soldiers, and my personal friend, Santa Claus. Yeah. Holiday attraction, the Jingle Cruise is also back, and Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor will get a new round of jokes, perfect for this Christmas season. Tickets for the 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. four-hour Disney Very Merriest After Hours will grant admission to Magic Kingdom Park as early as 7 p.m., making it really a six-hour event, giving you more time to enjoy some of your favorite Magic Kingdom attractions. Disney Enchantment will also be showing, which means you get two fireworks shows during the event. Tickets are on sale now and can be purchased online or by calling 407-939-7947. So pretty big news compared to the Halloween. Mm, yeah. 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 But very pricey. I was going to say it's even more. I think it's even more than the, the I, th- I think the mm-hmm. t- I think it's from 169 to the I, I think it's the 21st of December and 19th or, or something in there. Those two are two hundred and fifty dollars. That's that's a lot for five hours or six <laughs> hours at most. It's you squeeze the most out of it. Yeah. That's it's an extreme amount. It's and like I said, it's a little better also than the Halloween because it's a little longer when you add in when you can get into the park. Right. I agree with that. But when the, the price for these events is more than a park ticket for the whole day, yeah. it's just like, wow. I mean, I, I get the specialties and stuff, but yeah, at least this year, I'm I'm hoping to God this doesn't they don't try to stay with this format. Yeah, I'm hoping they're just making up for our situation right. now in order mm-hmm. to put them on. And I will say I've been hearing a lot of rumors that the candlelight processional could possibly happen because oh, they're really? hiring for choirs. I don't know if it would necessarily oh. mean the exact same show that it was in, you know, presented before, but it, it sounds like it's a possibility. Right. And I kind of blew mm-hmm. off the first one, but all of a sudden I was seeing it in a lot of places. So I don't know. Well, that's cool. Seems yeah, that cool. somewhat odd this late in the game. 
Mm-hmm. But we just found out about this. I mean, that's a good point. So. I love the Candlelight Professional. I think that's one of the better things that they do all year round. I love it. So I would love to see you come back. You know, um, yeah, I got and I got I wasn't blaming them. They weren't bringing it back this year. No, they don't. no. But I'd love to see if they could bring it back. That would be excellent. In its um, normal form, like, you know, we've we've seen it was one of our blow away mm-hmm. things we attended, not expecting it to be as amazing as it was. I still can't believe how emotional that that yeah, show is. You can watch all the videos and everything, but then when you're sitting there and yeah. feeling it, it's and you totally kind of, you know, you walk into that kind of amphitheater type thing. So you're you're really in it. Yeah. And like they have, you know, the cutouts and stuff, you know, that goes all the way on the yeah. side. So in case Ratatouille fans out there are wondering, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure will use a virtual queue similar to Star Wars Rise of the Resistance when it opens to guests on October 1st. So like Rise of the Resistance, there will not be a standby queue for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure in Epcot. Also worth noting, though, D23 will be hosting an event similar to their Jungle Cruise early access event for this as well on September 4th and 5th. It runs from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. and the tickets are $75. However, like most gold member events, this does include a guest. I'm digging these D23 things. If I live there. Oh, I know. Also, I know this sounds minimal, but I really would like this. I'd like to try this. The refreshment outpost in the Africa Pavilion is now offering a watermelon and pineapple Dole Whip option. Mm. The treat is served with the option of a waffle cone on top or a coneless in a traditional glass serving. You know, they had the watermelon recently, but now the two, those oh, two. Yeah, yeah got to try it, man. Yeah. I'm all yeah. about those flavors. That sounds really good. Yeah. Definitely. I thought the watermelon looked good though. People weren't. It did. I'm just. So it's just like uh, seriously, they're like really trying to get me now when they combine the two. I know. I know. They want you back. Okay. <laughs> All right, Gene. What do you got? All right. Well, Ohana fans, apparently Dizzy's been listening because the original menu items are back. Peel and eat shrimp and grilled chicken have replaced the shrimp casserole and roasted chicken, and the famous original Ohana bread is back. It seems like Dizzy has really listened to guests' wishes. Regarding the menu changes after the restaurant did not have the reopening sales success it had expected. Uh, you know what? The success, sales success, success, the sales success have not been, maybe not been that great, but I'll tell you what, it's still a hard res- reservation to get. It's, you know, I've had a hard time trying to get it. I actually ended up having one, but had to cancel it for, you know, an unforeseen um, event. Just because there's a hard reservation doesn't necessarily mean they're blowing the doors off with the sales necessarily on what point. they're ordering, you know? So, Good point. I've been hearing that from multiple sources that it was a slight disappointment because of previously reported what wasn't on the menu anymore. So, Mm. and maybe, like I said, there might've been reasons for that at the time other than, oh, we're just not going to have it on there anymore. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good to to hear about things being back that people expect, you know, that's their favorites. Exactly. All right. And Boma, Flavors of Africa, located at Dizzy's Animal Kingdom Lodge, has reopened. This is especially exciting because as it returns to a buffet, we have seen many restaurants reopen and offer family-style service in place of a buffet. So this is great news for all of us that love buffet-style dining. It sounds like from reports that more buffets may be returning soon as well. So, Have you had this uh, at this restaurant? Have you had the Pog juice or whatever? Apparently that's (laughs) going away forever. It's gone. Really? So no. Yeah, I just saw it. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. I just saw the story, dude. That's like that's yeah. like what they're known for. Yeah, yeah. at Ohana's. 
Wow. Yeah. I need names on who decides this. I got to choke somebody out for that. Yeah. Like I, that's like so popular. <laughs> I, I, are you sure you're roughly reading? You definitely read it, right? Yeah. I'm surprised at that. I mean, I didn't do extensive added research onto it, but you saw it flash across the thing. Even the fact that it was mentioned, bro, I got to look that up. That's uh, that's like fog juice no longer available at Boma. Reported. Oh, not Ohana though, because it's really oh, big in Ohana. Ohana. Okay, okay. I thought I because I, I know yeah, it's more uh, popular at Ohana. They probably yeah. That's the case. I don't care. <laughs> well, yeah. We weren't talking about Ohana. Well, because well, we, the reason, no, but the thing is, the way you had said it, it sounded like it would the the actual item was <laughs> away for good. Like yeah, like nowhere in Disney. That's why I took it. Says Pog juice no longer available at Boma. Reportedly leaving Disney World altogether. Altogether, it said that. Yes. All right, then that is unfortunate. Now I'm, now I'm, yeah, now I'm losing sleep. That that's not. I think Pog juice did return with eateries at the Polynesian. But reports are that they ran ran out of stock recently as well. I have no idea. I'm just telling you what what's on there. Well, because this one says we'll be extinct in the future. Whoa, it's not good. Heads need to roll for that. It's just more surprising than anything. This person just said in a tweet. This girl said, according to a waitress I talked to last week, the Pog Juice is on the way out across Walt Disney World. She said the vendor Disney. Let me. It's jumping. So the vendor Disney uses has stopped making it. Once the current supply is exhausted, it's gone. Wow. So in your face, you two. Well, I mean, I mean, I that can't. That doesn't mean they won't find a way to figure it out. Yeah, I would say that I would think they, I mean, it's got to be other people that make it. It's not like, you know. I don't, I don't know. I think it's, they would have to try to recreate it themselves. Why not? It's a, such a fan favorite. I'd be surprised, but. Dude, that's uh, terrible. If, yeah. if it stays that way, that's terrible. All right. So what else we got? Disney has announced that the NBA experience at Disney Springs will not be reopening. Disney said that they will continue to partner with the NBA in other endeavors, but this venue will remain closed. We will have to wait and see what Disney uses this venue for in the future. And that's a huge huge location to be honest i kind of felt like it wasn't coming back because it could have been back for a while now and it's it never really opened like you'd walk by it and it looked like it just was like just not open for the time being because it was still stocked with stuff they still had the jerseys and the, everything up my question is what are they going to put there now though because that's a big spot it's a good location and a big spot it is yeah I, maybe an nfl store and they took out they ripped out what was it quest yeah miss disney yeah. quest yeah so- Disney Quest. Oh my gosh. Well, that's the thing. They took that out to put the uh, you that, know, yeah, that one and um and the the, the restaurant over there um yep. blanking out on City Works. Right. So, and City Works is good. So and more Disney Springs news. If you've been waiting for the new Cirque du Soleil show drawn to life to come to Disney Springs, we've got some good news for you. Disney has announced that the show will debut on November 18th, 2021, and tickets went on sale. August 20th to the general public. Annual pass holders can book tickets starting now by calling 1 800, I'm sorry, 1 877 924 7783. If you're a Cirque Club member, you can also purchase tickets now. It's free to become a member. So you could always just sign up and become a member anyway. <laughs> yeah, this is something they've been postponing for a while. You know, it's finally going to be back, That's, which is good news. Yeah, it looks um, cool, I think, actually. Yeah, those Cirque of Soleil things are always really dope. And um, never been to one. Oh, they're cool. You guys been? Did you guys go to the other one that used to be there? Oh, I thought you did. This is obviously a different one, but um, what else we got? Disney has announced that Fast Pass at Walt Disney World and Disneyland will be replaced with a paid system through a new digital service called Disney Genie, which will be part of the My Disney Experience app. Disney Genie will help guests plan their day at the parks and give tips that can help reduce time spent in lines. The new digital service will also allow guests to join virtual queues at certain attractions, make dining and experience experience reservations, mobile order food, and get help from a virtual assistant. For even more convenience, there are two other options for enjoying the parks through the new queue called the Lightning Lane Entrance. The first option will be 
Disney Genie Plus, which will cost $15 per ticket per day at Walt Disney World and $20 per ticket per day at Disneyland. Disney Genie Plus will allow guests to choose the next available time to arrive at a variety of attractions and experiences using the Lightning Lane entrance. Guests can make one selection at a time throughout the day. The second option is the individual attraction selection, which would allow guests to purchase the ability to schedule a time to arrive at up to two highly demanded attractions each day using the Lightning entrance. While resort hotel guests may be disappointed to learn that they will lose their opportunity to book ride times 60 days in advance, they will still have a slight advantage over other guests. While all guests will be able to select their first attraction time for the day at 7 a.m. using Genie Plus, resort guests will be able to make the Lightning Lane individual attraction purchases at 7 a.m., Non-resort guests cannot purchase Lightning Lane access until the park opens for the day. So slight difference there, but I mean, there's a lot to unpack with that. Yeah, but I was going to say, basically saying that while all guests will be able to select their first attraction time for the day at 7 a.m. using Genie Plus, is this basically going to be a giant version of Rise of the Resistance? Kind of. Where everybody, that's, do you see, do you see the issue there? Yep. But you know, I think they better up their Wi-Fi. I mean, you don't have to be there like rise of the resistance i don't think to do it you don't have to be well no you don't have to do that anymore you don't be there now yeah but the problem is before you got everybody pining to get this one ride now you're going to have everyone pining to get every ride i don't think it'll be as bad because like you said everyone before everyone did it if you were going to to hollywood studios literally everybody that was going to hollywood studios did it because so now you at least got them where they're going to spread out a little bit at least you know what i mean i get it i'm just i I know what you're saying I need to see this in practice, really. Yeah. yeah. I don't think well, I don't think anyone will really understand fully or comprehend it fully until it's finally right. fully there. Because that's the one thing, like we said earlier, uh, when we were talking off the air, that the one mis- big mistake they did, if anything, was not really explaining it r- responsibly. We're all seeing influencers mention how it works, but we haven't really seen them come out and say this is how it works. That's yeah, really- that's why it's not the right press release to do. I agree. It's not full enough yeah i mean and then like i said to you guys earlier they're they're also releasing this supposedly in the month of october during all the 50th anniversary stuff it's it's kind of asking for problems but we'll see and like we all experienced wi-fi if you did go to the park and that's where you're going to do this wi-fi is not good there and Mm -hmm. if they are having everybody use you know the apps a lot more they're going to, they needed to up it anyway, but especially now there's going to be a lot more people using the app than there was before. So to your point of saying with the app, it already is not the fastest. Right. Right. It doesn't work that great to begin with. So, and I mean, the other huge thing about this, I mean, there's many and like, I'll just say out of the gate, I, it's like I told Gene, I, I don't think you can really make a determination on how you really feel about this until you can see it in action because you don't know how these other virtual queues with like Disney Genie Plus, how it's working. Are you able to get, it says you can only do it one at a time. So, okay, if I'm in Disney World, was I able to get multiple attractions throughout the day and it was easier than the old fast pass system because I was able to do it? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing is very obvious. You know, in the back in the old days, you'd have to get up super early to make your fast passes for your trip, especially like us being out of state. And everyone's like, well, you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, but you're going to need to get up every morning. Someone is at 7 a.m. to do this. And in, you know, the difference between the old way is you're also not getting up at seven, making your passes for the day, you know, the three, and then you kind of rolled the deck. Here's the thing that bothered me a little bit, but it depends on if I, if I'm going to be able to get these attractions with Disney plus genie, if I am, that's great. But my worry is, 
if I get in there and I make the one, first, we don't know how long they're going to limit it for you to make your next one. It's, it might not be right away. We don't know. But at least I could have my three for sure. And I knew I had those. Yep. And if I didn't want to go on any other attractions that needed a fast pass or a line, I was set. So it really kind of depends on what we're able to achieve with it. This is the point I was going to make, which is exactly what you're talking about, which we talked about before regarding just rise of the resistance because of the way the queuing system works. As somebody like you guys that would be coming from out of town, out of state, you you have like a 50-50 chance basically that you're going to get to ride this thing during your trip. At least that's the hope. The old system, yes, you had to get up and do it. However, you already knew what you had before you got there. So you knew what you got, you know, you kind of already had your, your, your passes picked out, at least yeah. the ones that you do right away. You're going now, you're not sure what you're going to get. You don't know if yeah. you're going to get, and that's, that. It's like, yeah, because the last time we went, which was in March, right, you know, five days, we left five days before the shutdown, we had um, a fast pass for Mickey's Runaway Railway on the first day, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the very least, we knew we had a fast pass for one, one time on it. Now we also knew if we needed to stand in line, if we want to see it again, that's probably what we're going to have to do, obviously. But that's my biggest kind of worry about it. Plus the reason I I mentioned they, they should have been more thorough with this is why not wait till you have the exact attractions that are available on Lightning? Because that really changes what your perception might be on Disney or Genie Plus, because if it's only you know, to a park, you know, like let's say Animal Kingdom would obviously is probably going to be Flights of Passage, possibly Everest. At least I know day one. Okay. This is what's in the, what's the next one called? Lightning. Lightning Lane. Genie Plus and Lightning what? Lightning Lane. Is that the name of the actual? It is. (laughs) Because the lane itself is now called that. It's not a fast pass lane anymore. It's a lightning lane. But I think that would help a lot. And I even mentioned to Gene, like, what if there was a video with characters, like actually demonstrating kind of some of this stuff? Like they did a lot of the old walk through the park videos with maybe like Josh tomorrow. Yeah, right. And like kind of dumb, you know, basically a a book. What do they call it for dummies? Yeah, like computers for dummies. Yeah. 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 Like that kind of thing, because. You saw that even the one video that's going around was kind of extensive, but it's super confusing. So I think if you could break it down for people a little more, it wouldn't have been the back quite the amount of backlash. Of course, you're going to get a lot of people saying, I don't want to pay for my rides. I, I get that. But if it was explained a little better and what you actually might be achieving with G- Genie Plus, I think you could calm the waters a little bit. There's going to be backlash no matter what, because you're going from a free fast pass system to now uh, basically a paid one. Now they're like, okay, so then what is our park ticket good for? Yeah, and that, right. that was kind of the whole point of that. You yeah. Know? But I also I haven't explained what you're going to do if you don't have a smartphone. That's what I was just going to ask. What about older been... people that don't? I, yeah. And I think the assumption is that everybody's probably got one, but I get it. Right. Yeah. There, maybe there's somebody that does. I've never noticed that because I don't pay attention to that. That's just the, I don't know. I guess there's no way around it if you don't. Seriously, I don't. Well, we don't know yet. There might be a kiosk thing being revealed. I mean, they did open up those fast pass kiosks all over the place all of a sudden. Yeah. So maybe I think there's got to be something in place in some capacity for that. There's a lot of older people that still go to Disney that don't have them. I mean, her mom is 
what 82 yeah and she has a smartphone i'm, I'm not saying all, all people don't no you're i mean you're right there's probably some people that don't i mean you just assume nowadays everybody does yeah i feel they gotta do it just to cover all avenues you know you can't say you gotta have a smartphone to come to disney right well but can you see older people even if they do have a smartphone could you see elderly people trying to get the cutthroat well i tell you what off? it's funny just to see people struggle with uh doing mobile orders for food <laughs> which is as basic as it gets. So if there are people that don't know about that or struggle with that, I I don't know. I mean, again, I I don't, it it might be just a couple button presses. I really don't know how intuitive they're going to make it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like we gotta, we gotta wait and see what happens with someone actually in the park using it to see what happened. Well, it's going to be, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a hell of a rollout. Cause like you said, starting October 1st, I mean, this is, how how long uh, what five weeks away yeah i i mean i'm just does worry me but i'm assuming they're going to be beta testing this thing ahead of time with it with cast members and and i'm assuming because but you can't test for the kind of crowds you're gonna have no 50th that's the definitely can't. that's my point and i think you know we all agreed on today about the wi-fi so absolutely hey listen when they rolled out the whole um magic band system that they put on the smartwatches, you know, on the Apple watches and stuff like that. Yeah. It was a cluster. I just feel if we're moving that direction with most things uh, digitally with Disney, that it has to be addressed whether this program ever came or not. I just, it should. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been months now and the the whole Apple watch thing's still a little wonky. Yeah. It's still not, doesn't work right all the time. So. I mean, of all people, you expect them to have the best kind of, you know, with, with everything that's your Disney experience, you know? So Exactly. At at first, I thought, well, they don't want to concern themselves with that because they don't want people on the phones. And you know, l- long time ago. But now it's like we've obviously changed gears. You can't have that mindset anymore. Well, that's going to do it for this week's news. So let's please welcome director of the Disney Plus series behind the attractions, Brian Volkweiss. <laughs> Okay, so today we have a super special guest with us. Uh, you guys know all of the series on Disney Plus, Behind the Attractions, phenomenal series. We have the director and one of the producers from the show, Brian Volk Weiss. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for, for, for sitting in with us for a few minutes. Um, you know, I spoke to you a little bit off the air how much I loved Behind the Attractions. I love all the Disney history stuff. I love the behind the scenes stuff, uh, the documentary stuff. And this is just this is just perfect. It's right up there with all the other stuff that I love that talks about Disney history and Disney, the background of Disney. And it was funny, informative, cool. I mean, there's, you couldn't really. There's, there's not enough things, great things to say about this series. I really loved it. I, it's it's hard to follow that, but I, uh, on behalf of the whole crew uh, and our partners with Seven Bucks, I I say thank you, uh, and I will uh, I will share it with everybody that I can. So I, thank well, you. You're very kind. It's the truth. So I'm just I'm just speaking the truth, man. But um, yeah, I watched it. I literally watched it like the series, the, well, the season of it, the five episodes. I've seen it three times each, and I literally just watch it episode after episode. Like I'll watch all five. To be honest with you, what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be working i'm at my desk and i have it on it while i'm working patrick bruce is phenomenal in it. i think she's hysterical in it really great work putting it together and but you know before we even talk about that let's talk a little bit about you as, as a director producer I, I didn't even know until recently you're actually from my neck of the woods originally i'm from new york as well just moved down to florida but you're from queens yeah i was gonna say people listening to this are gonna get sick of two uh two new yorkers <laughs> going back and forth but yeah i'm from queens i yeah i love it I, again i didn't know that in the beginning and uh and then looking at your history you ended up in the university of iowa how did that happen and what was that's like got to be a culture shock, right? I mean, it, it was and it wasn't. 
like I ended, it was the most random of things. Two very, very, very random things happened. Uh, I got, I was a horrible high school student. So neither my parents nor I thought that I would get into any colleges. So I guess, so random thing, number one, my mom applied to the University of Iowa without even telling me. Uh, and that was my backup. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing a pretty good on the SATs. So I ended up getting into a lot of good schools. And uh, one of which was uh, Madison, one of which was Chicago. My mom asked me, do you want to check out Iowa? And I said, no, why do I want to go to Iowa? (laughs) Then the day before we went on the trip, I'm watching Star Trek 4. I'm a big Trekkie. So I'm watching Star Trek 4 and there's a line that says uh, he's on a date. It's the one with the whales where he goes back in time. (laughs) And uh, the girl says to him, Jillian, she goes, let me guess. You're from outer space. And he goes, no, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. <laughs> so like I said, I got into Madison. I got into Chicago. I was right in the middle. So just to see, I know this is insane, but just to see where Captain Kirk would be born one day. And yes, I know he's not real. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go to Iowa. Let's check it out. Like one of my life goals was to go to every state. So why not? So that was random event number two. Random event number three. So me and my dad were on the tour. We get to Iowa City at night. In the morning, we leave the hotel. And dude, it was like, I've been here. I believed in reincarnation. Like, I'm like, I've been here. I've been here. Now, again, keep in mind, this is 1994. So it's like, oh my God. So I go on the tour. I'm in love. I feel so comfortable. We're at the bookstore and I'm buying about 200 bucks worth of jackets, stickers, you know, puffy, whatever, which 200 bucks was a lot of money for my family at that time. Like a lot. So my dad looks at me and goes, are you going here? Like we hadn't even been to Chicago yet. And I'm like, you know, dad, I do. I want to go here. I feel comfortable for two years. I felt comfortable and everything was great and everything was cool, whatever. Then one day I'm in a class and the teacher mentions that the showrunner and creator of the sitcom coach was a University of Iowa graduate who shot all the exteriors for that show at the University of Iowa. And my mom's favorite show when I was growing up was coach. So remember, it's 1994. There's no Google. There's no nothing. So I that's why I had felt so comfortable that morning when I got to the school, because I've been looking at the school for like eight years. <laughs> so, planted so, it in your head. You didn't even realize it. Exactly. So those were the three reasons how I ended up in Iowa. And I could not have had a better college experience. That's that's a funny story, you know, and I, I remember coach. I was that was Hayden Fox. That was, that was yeah. I used to love that show, man. Yeah, um, that's right. So, you know, w- did you when did you know you want to get involved with with film or TV in, in general? Was it pre-college or was that kind of where you realized it's the luckiest thing in the world? It was so early. The only reason I can even answer your question is because my mom told me because I don't remember this. But basically, after I saw Star Wars the first time, you know, I was only about three or four and I I did not know the word documentary, but based on the way my mom told me I started acting after I saw the movie, I basically, because I was so young, thought it was a documentary. 
So I, my, you know, basically after the movie, I was like, people would say, Hey, Brian, when you grow up, what do you want to do? And I would be like, I want to be an X-wing pilot and join the rebellion. Well, that started to freak out my parents. (laughs) So my mom, I have it right over there. My mom bought me this book. It was like the making of star Wars for when, like for five year olds, Mm-hmm. And it showed the Death Star wasn't the size of a moon. It was the size of a beach ball. It showed C-3PO with his mask off. And there's Anthony Daniels. From that moment on, that's all I've ever wanted to do. That's cool. So you knew at an early age, you just, you had a passion and you just went at it. Yeah. Of course. That's awesome. And, you know, and I know you do a lot of comedy. I, I was looking at your resume on the comedy stuff. I mean, like a lot of, you've worked with pretty much the who's who of com- of comedians. I mean, you've worked with just about everyone. What's what's that like to basically surround yourself with like, like a Again, comedic legends. You know, man, it's a, it's, you're asking a great question. And I'm sorry, my answer is so cliche, but within reason, they're like everybody else. You know, they're they're. The, I mean, the one thing about comedians that I'll say makes them different. There's no comedian that's not brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like every comedian that has some level of success. If, if there's a comedian that can sell 500 tickets or more, they're a brilliant person. They should have gone into medicine or engineering because <laughs> like then cancer would be gone or we'd already be on Mars. Comedians, to do what a comedian does, you must be brilliant. So, I mean, that kind of is the coolest thing about it is working with some of the smartest people on earth on a pretty regular basis. That's and awesome. 99% are nice. Uh, and you, you and you weren't you won for three Grammys, right? We've been nominated, I think, 21 or 22 times. We've won four times. Okay, I had I had the number wrong. I thought it was okay. So you you won. Now so I that's a lot like of nominations. Jerk. No, no, like a jerk. <laughs> no, not at, uh, not at yeah. all. We, we, no. We've done okay with the Grammys. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, what's that like to win to win a Grammy? I mean, what's that like? You get first off. I got to figure getting the call that you get nominated is got to be such an amazing. Um, when you get that first call, especially the first one, what's that like? Your first call to say, "Hey, you're nominated." Like, what goes through your mind? I mean, is it more like I I knew it would be there, or is it one of those things where it's still, even though you you were confident, it's still one of those things that it just it hits you right in the heart. I I mean, to say I was shocked would be an understatement. I'm one of these people that I'm a very positive, optimistic person, but I've learned the hard way not to get my hopes up. So I never, I I just got my first Emmy nomination like a month ago. I mean, I never thought I would ever get an Emmy nomination. Like that's just how my brain has been wired because of disappointment when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. So when we got the first nomination, I literally couldn't believe it. It was truly shocking. That's awesome. And what's what's it like to to actually get your name called, like to win, to win the to win the Grammy? Dude, it's really surreal, man. Like, and I wish there was a better, more nuanced word I could give you. But when they're called, like, it's such an interesting phenomenon because you know the odds are one in five. So you just start psychologically coming up with all these reasons why the other people are going to win. So when they're opening the envelope and you're sitting there like, and again, I can only speak for myself. I don't know how other people are with this, but like for me, I'm just kind of sitting there being like, it's going to be anyone but me. It's going to be anyone but me. It's going to be anyone but me. And then when they say the name, it's, I mean, I can't really, it's hard to describe, man. It's like, you can't believe it. 
I mean, it's it's truly shocking every time, by the way, not just the first time. Yeah. Every time it's shocking. It's it's like your name's going to live on forever at that point. I, I mean, I don't look at it that way, but I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It's It's got to be such a humbling and like just overwhelming experience. I can't even imagine what that would be like. But um, and, you know, and, and with, with the Emmy, I, w- I didn't even get a chance to get on that was I was going to talk to you about the uh, the project with Zac Efron. That's what you got the nominee for on the yeah. Emmy, right? That's also like it was a Netflix series. That was also a pretty cool series. He really turned out to be a, a phenomenal actor. He's pretty he's entertaining. He's fun to watch. You know, it's always like he's good looking and he's funny. So <laughs> it drives you nuts sometimes. What else is he, what else can he do? But well, that looked like a fun series to be part of as well. It was wonderful. He's wonderful. Uh, I agree with you and I'm glad you said it because most people don't. He is a great actor. A, a movie that made a bonkers amount of money was extremely successful to put it mildly that most people don't completely understand how successful it was. Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. And I, I would argue Zach in many ways had one of the harder parts to pull off and it's fantastic. Yeah. Again, I think he's, um, you know, like I said, like coming up in Disney, you, ne- you never know what some of these child actors are going to do. Like some, some of them just kind of fizzle out. And he really, like I said, he's a, he's a pleasure to watch because he's funny. He's, he could do, he could do pretty much anything really. He could do comedy, yeah, he could do action. Really and, uh, yeah. yeah and, uh, and that's one of the things that's always cool. I was, you know, it's, and that's what I said, it always makes you a little jealous when, when at least if you're funny, you can at least say, oh, I'm funny, but he's good looking and funny. It's like, I can't, how do you compete with that? Right. He's so also very uh, athletic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a triple threat. He's awesome. He really is. We were in Japan and like a kind of pickup basketball game happened in the parking lot of this place we were filming at because we were waiting for a boat to come back so we could shoot. And like it wasn't a real basketball. The baskets weren't real. I mean, it was as pick up a basketball game as there's ever been. Uh, he dominated. And to your point, I'm, I wasn't playing because I'm the worst basketball player who ever lived. So I'm sitting there watching this game and it's literally to your point. I'm like, this mofo is good looking, funny, and he can dunk. Like, <laughs> what? like it was kind of like that. And yeah. the back, it's were above regulation height, not below. And he was still dunking. That's crazy. He can. I didn't think he was that tall. He can actually dunk. God yeah, bless I him. Think I might have half a foot on him. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I, yeah, I, I, that's you know, uh, again, big fan of his. And that series was phenomenal. So the Emmy nod, the nomination is well deserved on that as well. Um, that was an excellent series. Uh, are you guys gonna? Is there plans to do maybe more of that with him? Yeah, we shot season two about six months ago, and we're in post right now. At oh, cool. Oh, so that's so we can look forward to that soon too excellent yeah, awesome. next year but yes so um you know let's let's talk a little bit about disney i mean like i said what i think you did with this disney series has been phenomenal uh i love the back behind the scenes stuff i love the history there's such a unique richness to it and i love how you guys touched on not just one park you touched on basically that ride and any of the parks that they, they were in you know when you talked about the haunted mansion you talked about all the haunted mansions not just one of the parks when you talked about jungle cruise you talked about all the jungle so i i really i, I love the, the way you guys went about it i love all like the puns and the dad jokes from Paget Brewster. Um, that, so, but how did that whole series come about? Like, did they reach out to you, or did you hear about it and, and put your name in a hat? Like, how did it come about? Again, I guess the reoccurring theme of our interview today will be random. We did a show on Netflix called "The Toys That Made Us," and uh, one day I'm going through security at LAX. It's five in the morning, and out of a movie, as I'm putting my phone in the tray, I get a text from the head of our accounting department but I can't read it because I'm putting it down and there's a line behind me. So for a good two minutes or so, I'm like really stressed out because this is not the kind of person due to her job
job, you want texting you at five in the morning. Mm. And she never has texted me before. So I'm like, what does she want? What does she want? What does she want? I get through security. I get my phone. And she texted me a screenshot of The Rock's Instagram account. And he had posted a picture of himself watching the toys that made us uh, on his private jet. Two days. So that was the beginning of the whole how the show came about. Two days later, I get an incoming call from his company, from an executive named Brian Gortz. And we developed a show that had nothing to do with the attractions, nothing to do with the parks. Within reason, I can tell you nothing to do with Disney. We went in, we pitched the show and the guy we pitched to, an executive named Dan, called me up later and said, hey man, we're passing on your idea. But, and then he basically pitched me what would become behind the attraction. So we created a brand new deck from scratch. We went back about six weeks later and we pitched it again. Then we pitched it again and again and again because we had to get everybody to sign off. Imagine mm-hmm. hearing Disney Plus, the yellow, everybody had to sign off in something that I look back on and have no clue how we survived. Everybody came, a lot, and by the way, a lot of the reason we survived was A, uh, we had the biggest movie star in the history of the world attached, mm-hmm. but also all the people that would have been inclined potentially to say no to us, every single one of them was a fan of the toys that made us. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Woo, this will be great." <laughs> That's how it came to be. I know the Seven Bucks is the, is the Rock's pr- uh, production company, right? So yeah. it was, and they were involved with the, with the whole series, right? From beginning to end, they were involved with everything: uh, picking episodes, notes, color correction, you name it. Extremely hands-on company. Dwayne was hands-on. You know, Dwayne did a lot of things that he was not contractually required to do. I hope mm-hmm. it's okay, Dwayne, that I said that. Uh, but I, I've had no better partner. Were you always a Disney fan? Like, did that come out in this? Or is something? Is it Disney something that you kind of came on to a little bit later in life? I've always been a Disney fan. Is this thing we're doing now video or audio? It's just, it's, it's just audio. Oh, if it was video, I'd go get something and show it to you. And by the way, this is what got us fully greenlit eventually by all the departments. I was in Kansas City for the first time, like 10, about 18 years ago. First thing I did when I woke up was I had the address of the original Walt Disney Studio. I got in a taxi because it was before Uber. I drove to this fallen down building in the middle of nowhere and there were pieces of a brick that had fallen off the building. So I literally have a piece that I took off the ground framed in front of the picture of the dilapidated building. Oh, wow. And I literally brought that framed thing to all my meetings at Disney while we were trying to get the green light. But to answer your question, when the show was greenlit, I thought I had a PhD in Disney. About a month after it was greenlit, I realized I had like an eighth grade education in Disney. So I was like, oh, so I went from being somebody that went to Disneyland once a year to like if there wasn't COVID, I probably would have an annual pass now. I was at the park uh, two weeks ago for the first time in a year and a half. And as I'm walking through the parking lot, I saw the top of Space Mountain. Dude, I started tearing up. I've never been that guy. Mm-hmm. Like that's only because I worked on Behind the Attraction. Yeah, I got to imagine like you probably learned so much just doing this of seeing some of the background stuff and just getting to meet some of the, the Imagineers that you get to meet, some of the cast members. 
I, I, I watch it. And I'm like, I'm so jealous. I'm like, I would love to just have five minutes with that guy. Like there's so many people in there that just like legendary people. Joe Rody is like, to me is like one of the most creative men to have walked the face of the earth. And, and here you are, you got him on the show. And it's like, how amazing is that? You know, one, one of my favorite interviews I've done in, in my life, but dude, it wasn't just him, man. I mean, like similar to what I was saying about the comedians, like mm-hmm. if you're an Imagineer, you're a genius. Yeah. It's just what degree of ge- like Dave Durham. I don't know if you remember Dave Durham. He's in, I think, at least two or three episodes. I'd pay to talk to him. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys are just like, like you said, they're the top of the heap of what they do. If you're into any of this, this type of thing, I mean, that's like, that's like going pro. I mean, that's like going to the NFL. Like, you know what I mean? That's, it's really, that's pretty much the top of the mountain is being in a Disney Imagineer if that's what you're into. Um, that's exactly right. So, but, um, so, what would you say was your favorite episode out of the out of the five that you did in the in the season? I'll give you an answer, but it's it's quasi a cheated answer. It I mean it has to be the Star Wars episode, mm-hmm. as you heard me say earlier. The only reason I'm not a dentist or a lawyer in, in Queens is because of Star Wars. So it would have to be the Star Wars episode. But if you remove that bias, I got to be honest with you, the Small World episode. Whenever I direct, I always try and find what I call the spinal column of the episode and the spinal column that I found for the small world episode is one of my favorite spinal columns I've ever found. And uh, we in court, we, I mean, I'll tell you what it is, uh, even though this is definitely a quasi spoiler. We're at Disney Paris. We had filmed all day with a a cast member for small world. And uh, at the end I'm doing her last interview. You know, we interviewed her about five, Five times at different locations on the attraction. It's the end of the day. It's drizzling. And it's our last interview with her. And she's standing in front of the attraction. You know, it's this beautiful shot of her standing in front of the, the pa- Disney Paris attraction. And we do the interview. Everything's great. Everything's great. And then she said something like, I forgot exactly what she said, but the gist of it was the occupational hazard of working on that ride it, r- attraction is um, the song. The song gets in your head. So I said to her, I go, is it in your head right now? And she's like, yeah. I go, can you sing it? Dude, me, the crew, everybody. Tears going down our face. Her voice was so beautiful. But dude, it wasn't just her voice. Her passion for the song and for the attraction, that's really why we were crying. So I knew right then and there, I literally pulled out my phone. I made her, of course, sing it like four times. <laughs> but I pulled out my phone, filmed her singing for about 20 seconds. And then I emailed the video to the editor. And I said to her, please make sure this is the spinal column of the Small World episode. And that you'll see the whole episode is basically cut to that. And then we did this monologue montage that goes back and forth between the official song and her singing. Mm. So that's why it's my favorite episode. Very cool. Very cool. So now you, you, we were also got coming out um, the second batch of behind the attraction, right? Uh, very soon, that's actually right. in a couple of days, you know, I know Disney's probably, you know, got you sworn to secrecy a lot on it. Is there anything you can tell us about what to look forward to in it? So, I mean, it's, it's again, it's attractions that we hope people are excited about, but we also, you know, we did a couple of things that whenever I get a green light, I always try and make crowd pleasing episodes, but I also try, and this is risky. I mean, this is a great way not to get another season. If I really just wanted to guarantee a season two, we really would have only done 
the big flagship e-ticket rides. Mm-hmm. But I really like to try to gain the audience's trust so that they'll watch something they don't know anything about. So mm-hmm. for example, we have an episode that is only about Disney property hotels. Oh, nice. So would it have been safer to have done, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. It would have. But A, strategically, maybe not a bad idea to have a couple flagships left for future seasons. Mm-hmm. B, like I said, I really want to earn the audience's trust because I love when I see comments online that say, like with Toys That Made Us, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many thousands and thousands, maybe 10,000s of comments and posts. I watched all the Toys That Made Us episodes except Barbie. And then, <laughs> A week later, a month later, six months later, all those people are like, I love the show so much. I finally broke down and I watched the Barbie episode and it was the best episode. (laughs) So that's what we try to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And hopefully people enjoyed a hotel exhibit uh, episode as much as I do. And, you know, we also did an episode that's ostensibly about the World's Fair. And that's as a New Yorker Mm -hmm. talking to a New Yorker. I got to mention Robert Moses, which I never thought I'd get to do in my career. (laughs) So it it was really cool. And I hope people like it. I, you know, I'm really, I didn't realize you were going to have something with the, with the resorts. I'm a huge resort guy. I love, I love all the resorts. I, I, I'm looking really forward to seeing that one a lot. So do you think we're going to get even more? Is it going to be, is it, or is this going to be it? Or do you think we might get some more seasons out of this as well? If it does well, I believe Disney will green light more. But That's, that'd be for all you listeners out there, completion rate, completion rate, completion rate. And if you're wondering if I just had a stroke and I'm randomly putting words together <laughs> and repeating them, I did not. What that means is if you like the show and you want there to be more episodes, you got to watch all of them. Mm-hmm. Because if you just watch your favorite attractions and not the other ones, that in many ways is sometimes even worse than people that didn't watch at all. Mm-hmm. So please watch every episode if you can. I, like I told you, I watched all episodes like about three times a piece. I loved it. I feel like that's, that's the thing too, is I'll watch it and then I'll feel like I, I, I catch something new that I didn't catch the first time I saw it that I might've missed. And just hearing the interviews, it's it's fantastic. And I I really, I would love to see this become like a like like a five-part series or more. I mean, there's so much there's so much in Disney history to, to talk about and there's so many cool attractions. Some that aren't even there anymore that you wish that, like, that they, you know, there's a lot of rides that aren't there anymore that you wish they would bring back. And I would love, to, maybe you guys could even touch on that. Some Mr. Toad's Wild Ride from, from Disney World. I'd love to see that because he's not around here anymore. Um, just different things like that. I would love to see it. I think it's a fantastic uh, series. I'm excited. So we got two days, right? The 25th that comes out, right? August 25th. Two days, guys. You have to go check that out. Um, before you get out of here, I got a couple other questions for you. These are not even Disney questions necessarily. So first question is, you're having a dinner party. You can invite three people throughout the course of history. Who are the three people you want to sit down to dinner with? It's an unusually easy question for me to answer because I named my kids after them. George Washington, U.S. Grant, Harry Truman. Really? Yes. Very cool. That's different. Yeah, that's a very and different answer. If had a fourth, it would be uh, Joan of Arc. Nothing in the entertainment industry. I thought I'd get a little Walt, but very cool answers. I love it. You know what's funny, man? And I know this will be controversial and I'm going out of my way. Just I could I could keep this to myself, but I'll I'll say it. I'd rather meet Roy. Yeah. You know what? To be honest with you, we might not have Disney that we have we have today if it wasn't for Roy. I can assure you, because I now think I qualify as a Disney. <laughs> you expert, certainly do. Uh, if we're just talking about knowledge, uh, they're absolutely positively beyond any shadow of a doubt. There would not be a we would it would have been gone before you and I were born. 
mm-hmm. had there not been a Roy. Yeah, you needed you needed the, the the artistic engineering from Walt, and you needed the business acumen that Roy had. I think you needed both of those to really do it. And it's, I mean, look at it now; it's it's like the biggest thing in the world is Disney. I mean, there's people that like like we have a show based on just talking about Disney, and we're just one of like a hundred or thousands of them. So Disney has become something that's just it's like a machine that will never end at this point. And you're right; you needed them both to really be able to to do what they did. You needed the creative genius that that Walt was, and you needed someone to have that business acumen that Roy had. And thank God they partnered up because we wouldn't you know like you said it wouldn't even be here today probably well and i didn't mean that as a slide against wall i just I know you didn't know for every book about roy there's probably 500 books about wall i feel like i kind of know wall because of how much i've read about him mm-hmm. over the course of my whole life i still have a billion questions for roy for sure so last question before you get out of here best piece of advice you've ever received and who gave it to you the best piece of advice i ever got was from a book i read by linda obst and i believe the book was called what lie did i tell but the thing in the book that it said and it what by the way i have to mention it's not just the quote it's when i read it i literally read that within a month of getting to Hollywood in 1998. And the quote was, there are only two sins in Hollywood, to be dull or desperate. So I think, I don't think I ever would have had to, if I'm being honest, worry about being dull. I've never heard anything like that used to describe me, but I think my enthusiasm and excitement to be in the business would have had me come off as desperate. I want to check it out. Linda Obst, how do you spell that last name? Do you know offhand? O-B-S-T. What lie did I tell? I'm going to check that out. It's a great book. I'm going to check that out. By the way, if I'm confusing the titles, she wrote, I think she's only written one book. It existed before 1998. uh, And that's the book you should get. I'm going to. I think it's it's what lie did I tell? Okay. I'm going to definitely check that out. So uh, any plans to come out and enjoy the 50th anytime soon? I would love to. Ironically, and not because we have a season two greenlit, which we don't yet. We won't know for another month or two, but we have another project with another company uh, that might allow me to be there around the same time. Oh, all right. Cool. So guys, please make sure you check it out. It's going to be in two days, August 25th. You're going to get the second batch of episodes. I'm really looking forward to it. I know anyone that anyone's listening to the show, I'm sure is looking forward to it too, because there's no way that you can't be. You're obviously a Disney fan if you're listening to the show. And Brian Volk Weiss, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. It's been an honor. Keep doing these series. You're going to work yourself into a Disney legend, man. You're very kind, man. Thank you for your time. This is actually, this is a lot of fun. It was. And thank you for making, for, I, I've been homesick. I've only been down here for like about a month or so and I'm homesick. Thank you for bringing a little bit of a New York voice to me because I love it when we get New Yorkers on the show, man. And you know what? You haven't been, it seems like you haven't been in Queens for a while, but you, you still got, you still sound like you're from New York, dude. And I love it. It doesn't help that your accent's so thick. That brings my mouth. <laughs> I can't talk any other way. I, I I really want to sound non-regional, but you know, when you're a New Yorker, man, you just, you can't, that's, you're not being yourself then. I needed to just be myself and just, who we are. you know, we say straw, we say water, coffee. That's how we talk. Brian Volkweiss, thank you so much for stopping by. Good luck with uh, the, the rest of the, the series is with, hopefully we get some more behind the attractions besides the one that's coming up next. Thank and I'm um, looking forward to seeing more. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This was cool. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so we're joined today by a very special guest. You guys all know him from his YouTube channel and all his Disney love and Major League Baseball and National Football League stuff. Please, let's welcome to the show, Pete McDevitt. How you doing, Pete? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited. This is, uh, this is really a treat to have you uh, join us for a little bit today. I got some Disney questions. I got some some sports questions for you. You know what? I, I'm a huge sports fan. So to me, it's it's always like sports and Disney are like my two passions, you know? Um, yep. So my question is to you, sports or Disney, which is, which is the, which do 
you love more? If you had to pick one. Both. <laughs> You're not even going to go there, huh? Well, let me ask you then. What is, um, you obviously have a passion for baseball. You have a passion for football. Uh, what, what do you like better? Or is that also like you just love both? Like, Is there like one that you love, love more than other? I love both for different reasons. I played baseball. I was going to get drafted. I got hurt. Didn't work out. I, I still love the game. Uh, you know, I would I would give, give anything to have one more time playing one more game. But now I live vicariously through my son. Football, I just I love the sport. I think it's it's engaging, uh, it's excitement. It's just uh, to me, I just have a good time watching. I enjoy it. I'm a diehard fan on on that level. And you know, Disney is a passion, totally different. You know, it's a mm-hmm. totally different community. You can have where they cross over, but uh, for the most part, you know, the great thing about Disney is you can go to Disney and be a ten year old with your ten year old, and that's a big that's, thing. Yes, I've always said to me, I love Disney more as an adult than I did as a kid. Um, I think when you when you realize as a kid you don't know what the hard hardships of, of life are really. And so everything is like Disney World really to an extent. But when you become an adult, you realize how much different life is at Disney compared to not being in Disney. And so I think that's always what drove me to love Disney even more as an adult than I did as a kid. Like I like Disney, like any kid likes Disney. It wasn't until I became a grown up that this passion like just grew for Disney where I wanted to be around it all the time, right. you know? But um, but you know, with the sports, just to touch on that a few more minutes. So what, what is your NFL team? What's your Major League Baseball team? Baseball team is the Orioles, live in Harlem. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm a Ravens fan and, and partially a Tampa Bay fan. Those Ravens have, I'm a Jet fan. Those Ravens have ruined my days many a time. I thought we got, I thought we were going to be okay when we got Rex from you guys and, and maybe, but no, you guys. Even I think that's management have ruined your days more than any of <laughs> That's a great point. Although I, I feel this year, I feel better than I have for a very long time with the Jets. I feel like they're actually, fun. you know, and, and that's the thing. With, and that's just the thing with the Ravens is their front office is top notch. It's one of the best front offices in all football. And then, you know, I'm, and I'm a Yankee fan. So I guess we, we don't really, we won't see eye to eye there either. But so, I mean, my favorite ball, ball player of all time is Mickey Mantle. So I've been to, I was, I've been to old Yankee and touched the monuments. And I actually have dirt up in the shelf on this office from Yankee stadium. Very oh, cool. Oh. The, uh, I I miss the old stadium. The new one is not the same. I know it's beautiful. It's great. The old one, there was that charm about the old one, man. You know, they've changed it a lot since the days of Ruth to the days of Mantle to the days of Jackson to, you know, now to Jeter and now to the new, you know, thing with Judge. And, you know, it's, it's baseball's constantly going to change and evolve. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. It's not the same game as it was when, you know, Ruth and Gary were going, nor is it the same, you know, game when Mays was playing as opposed to them. It's just going to keep changing and evolving. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the great thing about it is it's not so much about the building. It's the history of the aura around the building mm-hmm. that does it. At some day down the road, they're going to they're gonna upgrade Fenway Park and they're going to upgrade Wrigley Field and there'll be newer versions. And yeah, people will probably have a fit about it for a little bit, but there'll be newer, better versions. But the aura of those two organizations won't change. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. There's like a, there's like a mystique with, with them, you know? Where did uh, your love of Disney start? Like I said, for me, it was when I became an adult, but where, like, where did it start for you? I never went to the parks as a kid. I went down I went down there in my late 20s, almost 30 with, uh, I played for a, uh, I played and ran a team travel adult men's softball team. We were sponsored by Easton. We traveled all over the United States. We played in like 36 of the 50 States during my time playing and running this team. And one of our, our tournaments was in Florida and um, I'd never been to Disney. I was never much into it. And I went down actually over on Vine street and saw some of the, the ugly shops over there that are owned by people that really shouldn't be owning businesses, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and I called my mother and I said, because my sister was working at Disney at the time. Uh, I called my mother and said, I don't get what everybody's so excited about. And she's like, well, where are you? And I told her, well, she's like, you're not even in the parks. She's like, there's an amusement park there. It's all this. And I'm like, oh, 
She's like, when I come, and I was, I had another tournament a month later. She says, when I come down uh, there for that tournament with you, because I want to see your sister, we'll go over to the parks. And we went in and I was just blown away with, wow, this all exists. I'd always watched Disney movies and stuff like that along the way, but I was never, and then it, it just kind of caught the bug. And I came home at that point, I just got married. And I told my wife, this is pretty cool. And when our kids go, we should take them. And we kind of started it from there and just kind of, kind of grew from there. And now, you know, half of my house is Disney. Uh, all over the place. So, I hear that. Uh, so how, how often do you get to the parks? Before I got injured, my I was getting to the parks five to seven times a year from Maryland as an annual pass holder. My uh, home office for my company's in West Palm Beach, Florida. And I would fly in and out of Orlando, get a rental car out of there. And I'd hit the parks on the way in to the office. I'd hit the parks on the way out of the office and uh, got down there quite a bit. I have not been there since uh, September September 17th of 2019, but I will be going back later this year for the first time. Excellent. Oh, I, I'm glad to see. I just actually became a local. I'm originally from New York. Uh, nice. I just moved down here um, just recently. And uh, I, I'd love to see you in the parks, man. I, I get, you know, I'd love to see you down there. When did the, 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 the idea for vlogging everything, like when did when the, the YouTube bug, like, cause you do YouTube just as good as anybody, if not better than, than most, when did that become a thing that you're like, you know what, let's, let's start putting this on YouTube. Let's, let's, you got the off the wall show. You got chilling with Pete. When did you come up with these ideas and, and, and say, let's do this? Well, it never was that. Uh, honestly, I've been involved in the Disney social media community as what I called an enhancer for two, three years, helping other channels do their thing, moderating for them, helping them share on social media, stuff like that, Be uh, getting building relationships, making making friends. And um, when I got sick, my son was in the hospital and said, hey, dad, you know, when you get home, they won't let me go live on YouTube. I'm too young. They keep stopping and blocking my thing and canceling it. Will you, you know, go live with me? And I said, yeah, thinking he would forget it. When I came home, second day home, he said, hey, you know, when are we going live? And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> um, and I went live with him. And, you know, the, the first thing was that I found was that I liked it. It was actually fun. Um, and then just my personality, I, I said to myself, well, if you're going to do this, you're either going to do it like a rock star or you're going to do it like a fading star. Which one's it going to be? And to me, I've always challenged myself in life, no matter what it is, to be the rock star. So I came in full throttle trying to bring a little bit of me, a little bit of the love of Disney. Uh, we've added sports to the to the mix. We are a Disney channel that does sports. I make that clear. Mm -hmm. We run our channel like a Disney channel. It's it's Disney clean. Uh, at the end of the day, I always say to myself, I want to do this to where Walt would be say, hey, you're doing a good job. And that's what I try to do. Well, you, you are one of um, the best out there just uh, from the bottom of my heart. I really do mean it. I, I enjoy it. I do love the the addition of the sports on it. I think that it's just a cool it's just a cool addition. I think I love your, your football show. Maybe because I'm more of a football fan than baseball fan. I love baseball, too, but I love listening to you on, on, on the football. I'll listen to old you're games. You're going to really love this year, then, because we I just got finished today as we're doing the recording this. Uh, the uh, I just got finished working with my guy. I have a guy in Europe that has actually volunteered to help me with my channel. Uh, he liked it so much. And he's uh, a graphic designer. And we just laid out the platform for the new football program that we're going to lay out oh, wow. for when we broadcast the games. And it's going to be 10 times better than it was last year uh, when we did it. So I'm excited. I actually can't wait. That's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I, again, I'll listen to, to games that are old just to just to hear your rendition on there. I, I think you're really Tremendous. Who um, you. who would you see out there that you that you love to listen to as far as an announcer? Is there anyone out there that you kind of you listen to and you like? I love how he does it. I mean, 
through the years, I've listened to a lot of great ones. You know, John Miller was here in Baltimore for years. He went to I went to San Francisco. Uh, Vince Scully was was incredible to listen to. Uh, Joe Buck was fantastic to listen to baseball wise. Chuck Thompson here in Baltimore was incredible. Uh, you know, football wise, I enjoyed Cosell. I still enjoy Cosell and go back and listen to old Cosell things that he does. Um, I loved Madden and Summerall together. I thought they were an incredible team. And I try to pull a little bit from all those people when I do it. At times when you hear me do baseball calls, you'll you'll hear, hear a little bit of, of Joe Buck come out when, you know, he used to do his his long, here's the strike. That's all Joe Buck. You know, it's all it's all parts of them that I'm just paying them the respect of of giving a little homage as I do my broadcast. So back to Disney. What is your favorite time of year in the parks? Is it is it like is it a holiday or Christmas? Well, it's, it's what I call Hollowispus, is what I actually call. <laughs> the time to be down there is in that early November time frame when you can maybe pick up the end of Halloween and catch the uh, Halloween parties as they used to have them or the decorations that are there uh, and then catch the Christmas flair. I used to, you know, we as a family used to try to go down in early October mid 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 to late november and catch both uh i tell people that i love the the halloween parades at the old parties were bar none some of the best you know you had the you had the, your skeletons in there you had your grave diggers you had the headless horsemen you had so much in there that was unique you had the characters and costumes but when you go to the ambiance of all disney properties with christmas and just the whole genre of music around you as you hear and and they're filming the christmas parades I mean, we've my kids have been in multiple christmas parade videos on ABC because we were down there while they were filming and we're on shots or different stuff, not oh, featured, wow. just as you know, background or audience and stuff like that through the years. And uh, it's just something about Christmas time down there that just you know sets it afire to me, at least. Yeah, I love that time. You can go one day and it's it's Halloween, then you go home and then you come back the day after and it's Christmas. Oh. And it's amazing they could do it just so quick. Well, they've been doing it for so long. If you, there's yeah. a there's a video out there that Whoopi Goldberg hosted, he did years ago on the magic of Disney turning it over, and it's it showed a lot of what they do. And, you know, when you got, you know, you're bringing in 18 tractor trailer loads of product overnight because, you know, they bring in a team of people to handle it and they all know what they're doing. They all have their own uh, tasks and responsibilities to do. And they, they execute it like a, fine oiled army procedure is the way I put it many times. So it is pretty incredible the way they can turn it over. The, the best thing to do, I always tell everybody is, you know, if you can get down there the day before Halloween, you know, and then maybe do something else on Halloween and, you know, go to Universal or something or do something else you want to do there, SeaWorld or something on the next two days and then come back two days later, you'll really get the full full mm-hmm. throttle, you know. And, and if you haven't done the things like, you know, seeing the gingerbread house and, you know, that type of stuff, it's something that you really should plan in time to do in all honesty because it's you're missing out if you haven't taken the time to do that. The gingerbread houses in the in the in the lobbies are really it's, that's a fun thing. Um, I love also the, uh, the the Christmas trees at um, at Disney Springs is also pretty cool. They do a lot. They do really good work on it. It's hard for me to pick. I can. It's always hard for me to pick between Christmas and Halloween. I feel like they both have done so well. That's um, why I coined Halloween, and I use it all the time on my show. I gotta. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, what are you looking forward to most with the fiftieth? Is there anything specific that you you want to see the most? Well, I'm not going. I'm going to be down there in November. I'll still see part of the. 50th obviously mm-hmm. won't be the exact days i'm not sure I'm, I'm this this is a little bit different for me because everything i've been through i'm not really looking forward to just the 50th or just ratatouille or you know just tron in the future or just yeah. as i'm i'm just looking forward to getting back there for the first time and seeing a lot of people that i'd like to see and and just uh you know smelling the roses of disney and taking it all in 
I get that. I get that. And, um, you know, like I said, what what you do is so important to so many people. Basically, I just want to say God bless you. I'm a huge fan. And I, I just want you know, I really appreciate what you do. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see you in the parks again, man. I really, I... I uh... I'll be down in November. The key with my channel is it's about everybody else. It's really not about me. It's about promoting other Disney channels. It's about helping other creators to grow. Uh, I don't care if you have 10 subscribers or 10,000. They're treated with the same respect. I tell I tell all the people that I work with that, hey, I'll do what I can to help you get to 100,000. But once you get there, you're on your own. Figure it out. <laughs> Before I reached out to you, I used to never think to reach out to you just because you're you're ginormous in, in what we do, right? And so I just would never think that, oh, he'll never see my message. And everybody, I said, no. They said, listen, reach out to him. He's a great guy. He will respond to you. And, and, and he's just an awesome dude. Make sure you reach out to him because he's he's one of these guys that's out here that wants to help people out and grow and, and make their shows better. He's he's a you know good dude. And like I said, I knew you were a good dude just because I, I just just following your show. I just thought there's no way you're, you're at that level where you're like, ah, he probably won't even get my message. He, you know, he gets so many messages. Here's the, the, whether you get a lot of messages or not, I don't care how big you get. You know, one of my favorite people in the world that I've followed for years was Frank Sinatra. You know, I'm a huge Sinatra fan. And Sinatra in several of his books said that he spent many a day sitting and signing a picture or responding to a letter because the whole key with his success and what he did was he vowed that he would always remember what it was like to walk into a store or walk into a restaurant and have nobody know who you were, you know, as opposed to walking in there and having everybody know who you are. My thing is, I believe that God will bless me if I take the time to work and help other people and help my channel to grow and have success. My whole goal with my channel is uh, I have a logo in my channel says Pete McDevitt show. I already have a logo created the same as an exact logo that says Preston McDevitt show. My goal is to take this channel and have a lot of fun with it for years. And then barring YouTube and everything still going, turn it over to him and give him a legacy of you know what we've done. Uh, and that's what I try to do. The key factor, if you forget about A, where you've been, or B, think you're bigger than anybody else that's out there, then you've lost perspective. You've lost perspective. While we can all you know be appreciative of somebody's creative work, we're artists. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what we are. Everybody's an artist that does it. An artist, yes, you can have a love for an artist or a fondness for their creativity, but they should be still treated as humans, you know, because, you know, and, and I'll use somebody that's a friend, uh, you know, as an example, I'll pull Prince Charming Death, good person. Okay. He's a friend. Okay. But in the morning, he still gets up and he puts on his boxer shorts or his underwear and goes in the bathroom, takes a shower, gets out of the shower, gets dressed, puts on his cologne, his deodorant and heads out to whatever he's going to do that day, whether it's work or YouTube or whatever. And it's no different Prince Charming Death than it is for you, she's sitting here today, than it is for Robert Downey Jr. The only difference is the size of our place we live and the toys that we have, where Dev might have, you know, an Acura, Downey Jr. may have a Porsche, you know, and, you know, you may be driving, uh, you know, a BMW or something, you know, it's just the difference in that aspect. We're all still humans. And if we treat each other that way, the work will be a lot better place. The problem is for larger celebrities, as they get bigger, you get a lot of people out there that take it to another level and they have to get, you know, doing that. So, um, um, I try to surround myself with a lot of people that understand that, you know, I, at one point I sat in front of a computer and turned my computer on and said, 
I wonder if anybody's going to show up if I do this today. And I vowed never to forget that. And I, I spent time today just helping a young lady who has zero subscribers. And she wanted, she was interested in doing my show. And I told her at this point, no, but yes. And let me tell you, no, but yes. I told her she needed to go get some content on her channel. She had no content. You have to go get some content. I can't sit here and tell people to check out your channel when you have no content. I can't bring you on and do an interview show with you if you have nothing to talk about. So I, I spent 20 minutes with her just trying to help her do her channel. So in my site, you know what I try to do, please don't ever think that, you know, if you're listening to this today and, and you're enjoying, don't ever think you can't reach out. I'm here to help. I won't do your stuff for you. I did have somebody literally try to get me to do their channel for them, basically. And I told him, I said, sure, you want to pay me $20,000? I'll do your channel for you. <laughs> what? What? I thought you well, yeah, I, I do things for free. I help people. I give advice. I give encouragement. I give suggestions. I don't sit and edit. He asked me to edit his videos and load them up. And I'm like, no, you want me to do that? Pay me. You know? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm, help you. I'm not going to work for you. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring up Frank Sinatra. I'm a huge Sinatra fan. Little fun fact. My dad, towards the end of Sinatra's career, was actually a bodyguard for Frank Sinatra. Nice. Yeah, right. Awesome. That was, it was a, he had some stories. He had some stories. As you know, as I tell you know, you today and all other creators, if you get turned down, you know, remember one thing years and years ago, there was a guy went across the country thinking he was going to sign the biggest deal he's ever done. He walked out of New York City and got on a train with no employees with no money, with no rights to anything that he was working on, with no plan, and his life basically demolished. And instead of giving up, quitting, or just saying, you know what, I'm done with this, I'm going to go do something else. He sat down on that train and he drew a picture of a mouse and said, maybe I can build something around this. That's the story of falling on your face and getting back up. So if you're a creator and you have a bad video or you ask somebody to do an interview with you and they turn you down, or you're trying to get a guest to come on your show and they say they're not interested or they ignore you, don't take it personally. Dust yourself off and get back up. That's great advice. I consider myself lucky to be able to, because of taking that attitude for all these years, I consider myself very lucky that I've been able to build some of the strongest relationships uh, in this community where I can pick up uh, the phone or, and text or call uh, Instagrammers with, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 people following them or more with YouTubers that have 125, 200,000, 500,000 subscribers, and they'll respond to me and do things for me. Like everybody was shocked last year. We had, you know, our Christmas event that we did and we had, you know, you had allears.net, an incredible Instagram where we had Adam the Woo on and incredible, you know, people are like, how did you get these people? Because I've treated them with respect and built relationships that they'll want to come and do it. That's the whole key. Keep doing that. That's awesome. You know what? I can't say enough to, to have, to have, you on the show. I just want to say thanks for stopping by and giving us in a few minutes of your day. I know it's it's a little late in the in the evening, so I I just want to say I really appreciate you giving us a few minutes. I would say tell everyone to where, where to find your show, but if they're listening to my show, they already know your show, so they, you don't even have to really pitch it. But uh, but guys, if you aren't for any weird reason, if you're someone that just knows me and you listen to my show and you don't know the other YouTubers, please go check out Pete McDevitt on on YouTube. He is just a hell of a guy, fun on the show, a hell of a broadcaster too. Like I don't, I think you missed your call. I think you should, I think. You should try to call ESPN and get an audition because you're good at that too, man. I can't thank you enough for giving me a few minutes of your day. Thank That's you so much. No problem. Disney TV and Movie Minute. <laughs> Disney TV and Movie Minute is brought to you by JSA Creations. Joey, what do JSA Creations always do? We make all your ears come true. Dan? Make all your ears come true in 3D. All right. So what do we got coming up this uh, this Wednesday on Disney Plus? Wicked Tuna Season 10. The most skilled fishermen test themselves in the freezing water of North Atlantic to find the rare bluefin tuna fish. 
Dr. K's Exotic Animal ER Season 9, Dr. Susan Keller, also known as Dr. K, runs South Florida Broward's Avian and Exotic Animal Hospital. This series follows Dr. K and her staff as they care for rabbits, ferrets, foxes, fishes, birds, reptiles, and marsupials Marsupials. and even primates. Marsupials are also kangaroos, right? They have a pouch. Yeah, marsupials have pouches. Oh, Wombats, kangaroos. Wombats. I knew a few wombats back in New York. <laughs> and fishes. <laughs> fishes. Walter's best friend was a wombat. Great point. Odd but true. <laughs> what else we got? Disney Gallery Star Wars. The Mandalorian. The making of season two finale is a behind the scenes look at the making of the celebrated chapter of The Mandalorian. Uh, with the focus on the technology used for recreating Luke Skywalker, it delves into the collaborative process, including working with Mark Hamill to create an authentic and fitting recreation and explore the immense pressure and responsibility the filmmakers had in bringing back one of the most important characters in film history. And it was a bomb when they did this. Yeah. So it was just crazy. Remember that when you first see him walk in, you're like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, cause I'm what she's, I remember Sam is next to me and I'm going there's, and I see the saber and I'm like, there's, there's no way that's Luke. Like there's no way. And then when his hood comes off and I'm like, holy, you know, cause I mean with the CGI, they can pretty much do anything now. Yeah. So it was, it was amazing to see that. So By awesome. the way, spoiler alert, everybody. But that's the only negative thing that happened to me when I was holding out to watch the whole season is I saw that. I saw a picture of Luke on social media and I knew it was coming. It's like the only thing and the, the hugest thing. Yep. It was still great, but I wish I wouldn't have known. Yeah, when you, when you saw him for the first, you, it was mind blowing. It oh, really yeah. was. It was like. Yeah, they went there. Even they, like yeah. R2, like tear. I was teary eyed. Yeah, the great thing too was that they made him as powerful as he really should be. Because yeah, you know, as he was. So that was awesome. But yeah, so this would be great to see. I mean, nothing else to watch for Mandalorian. So we might as well just see this. <laughs> so. Jeez, <laughs> I think Joey's I think, upset. Uh, Premier access uh, complaints mm. by Dan has been overtaken by. Oh yeah, lack of filming for the Mandalorian three. <laughs> Yeah, I know. All right, next up, Gigantosaurus, season two. Four curious young dinosaurs named Rocky, Bill, Tiny, and Mazoo go on adventures while following their herd. Their four friends look at things such as mapping the stars, searching for flowers, but most importantly, they're asserting their independence and learning to do things away from the safety of the herd. So, yeah, I haven't seen it. That's all I got. All right. What do you got, Dan? I only have one, but it's big for us and it fits the theme of our show. Behind the Attraction, episode six through 10. Peek beyond the magic of Disney parks to discover what's behind the attraction with more new episodes. And the new episode list is Disneyland Hotel, trains, trams, and monorails. It's a small world, castles, and Hall of Presidents. Sounds like I'm listing off game show categories. It does. Yeah, right. I'll take trains, trams, and monorails for 800, Gene. Is this starring John Candy? <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to say, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm really fascinated by the Disneyland Hotel. I just don't get how it made the list already. As you heard with, with Brian, they're going to be doing, a, there's hopefully going to be more seasons and they're going to be talk, doing a whole bunch of other things too. Some stuff that's legendary, some stuff that's not, um, which is cool because I, I kind of, there's a lot of stuff that's not even that old that you'd still want to know what the process was to put it together. In fact, some of the newer tra- newer attractions, you'd really love to know how they put it together with the technology that it takes to do it. So, But see, um, I want a separate show and I want it called Behind the Resort because all the backstory and all the resorts is huge. Yeah, but I think that I think you'll get that with this year. I think it's going to be more of like an overview of everything. So I think more of like the attractions is just 
I think it's just a play on the word. Actually, I don't think it's always going to be just attractions. You know what I'm saying? But it could be. Well, I mean, it could be. Yeah, it could be a lot of different things. Why not? Yeah, true. I like the first five. I'm definitely looking forward to these. Yeah, I think with, I think you're going to like what you see in these as well. I think if you like the first five, I get what I get what Dan's saying. I think it's just semantics. So I think you, I think it's still going to be a good product. And uh, uh, you know, as far as learning, what, what we'll learn. And I can't wait till there's you know, like I said, to, hopefully they'll be doing doing the more seasons like they're planning on doing, and uh, we'll have a couple of other things too to look at in the near future as well. I'm happy for it, but I was kind of surprised that Hall of Presidents was on the list this early it should be i know but i was it just seems like one that wouldn't be then you know i i agree i thought i'll be honest i thought out of these five you'd see some different names up there too i i'm to be honest i thought it's a small world was was i thought i'd see that in this in this batch i didn't think i'd see the other ones at at all i thought i'd see it's a small world and i thought after that there'd be a few other ones maybe uh mine seven doors mine train because that's a that's a different ride technology so i thought that would be cool to see you know spaceship earth i thought might be already there so there was a few you know yeah i didn't i didn't think trains would be in there either we were actually going to say that as one of ours for topic talk tonight but i was like wow i'm pleasantly surprised that it's in there as it should be yeah Yeah. you know what and that's and that's the thing too is if they are going to be doing more seasons of this then that's cool because spread you don't you don't want to um you don't want to shoot out all the good ones right up front and then have nothing else to fall back on so i think as long as like bad jokes (laughs) (laughs) i I love that that makes sense now now it explains yes if they're going to be more seasons then then you're going to want to not do all the top ones up front you're going to want to be able to space them out you know what i mean all right what do we got coming out on this friday oh hey (laughs) Gene. Yeah. This one's for you. What do you got? Cruella. Finally, this fantastic movie is available for all Disney Plus subscribers. Fantastic's a little strong, Steph, no? Um, It was okay. I don't think it's strong enough. I would read that as, finally, the movie of Cruella is coming to Disney Plus for all subscribers. Menza Menza. Joey, right? Menza Menza. You know what Menza Menza means. You're Italian. So-so. So-so. Wait, do you know what that means? Mensa, mensa. Oh, no, that means eat, eat. That's manja. That's manja, manja, manja. That's from Saturday Night Fever. So, yeah, like, listen, Cruella is, out of all the Mensa, Mensa movies, Cruella is probably one of the best. Oh, my gosh. Won't stop. I'm going to have to make another oath contract. I'm just saying, it's a top five movie of the movies that came out in the last couple months. Oh. I really liked it. She has signed on for two. So you look yeah. forward to another one. I can't wait. Yeah, well, you know, yep. but you know what? Listen, the Cruella was okay. I, I don't, I didn't dislike it. I think you guys, I think you guys treat me like as if I disliked it. I didn't dislike it. I just thought Luca you say was better. You dislike it all well, I, 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 I thought it was okay. I just got to be like, you know, uh, to be honest, it, it was okay. It wasn't great. It was good. It was outstanding. Everybody. Did you ever, see, the, did you ever see that movie with Weird Al Yankovic? U, UHF? Oh. It was like on that we got level. got it all on UHF. Yeah, it was like on that level. Yeah. UHF level. So, Stephanie, what else you got so we can move on from this ridiculousness? I've got Underdog from 2007. A watchdog gets exposed to a substance that endows him with superpowers. He is adopted by a 12-year-old boy and uses his powers to protect the city from the evil Simon Versinister. This is loosely based on the superpowered cartoon character of the same name and several other characters from the classic underdog cartoon. The film stars Alex Newberger as Jack Unger and features Jason Lee as the voice of the canine superhero. All right, so next we got Disney Princess Remixed, an ultimate princess celebration narrated by 12-year-old social media star Tsunami Ortiz. The half-hour special will celebrate the empowering attributes 
of Disney princesses and queens throughout reimagined performances of their iconic songs. Dan in real life from 2007. Dan, played by Steve Carell. I, that's probably a lot better of a Dan than oh, some of the yeah. Dan's I know. Um, a, widow, a widower and a single father is dedicated to his children. One day he meets Marie and is smitten with her. As they get to know each other, he is shocked by a certain re- revelation. The movie also features Juliette Binoche, Dane Cook, Emily Blunt, and John Mahoney, the late, great John Mahoney. I used to love that guy. The, he played Frazier's dad. Yep. Yep. He was a, he was a, a really good dude. I liked him. I oh, knew yeah. he was going to say good dude. I knew it. He was a good dude. I know. He was a good cat. Nice cat. Um, yeah, you know what? I've actually, I've never seen this movie straight through. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but I liked it from what I saw. So it's, I think it might be pretty good. Has anybody else seen it? I did it a million years ago. I just don't remember. It was, I know it's, um, it was, I remember, I remember not seeing the whole thing, but I remember liking what I saw. I just never got a chance to go back to it. So, but that's going to wrap it up for the, this week's Disney TV and movie minute. Let's head over to, uh, our Disney topic talk. Okay, so that's going to bring us to this week's topic talk. Today, the crew will discuss what attraction we'd like to see covered in a future episode of Behind the Attractions and why. And uh, so let's kick it around the horn. Let's go over to Joey and Sammy first. What do you guys want to see them bring up on on Disney's Behind the Attractions later on in in another season? All right, so we got we actually have separate ones on this one. Okay, cool. What do you got? um, I'll go first. The hard thing about mine is that it's actually not done yet. (laughs) So, but it is. It's getting there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of rides that I really would like to see. But this one here specifically, the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to see behind the scenes on this. There's a, there's multiple reasons with this. Um, it is a brand new type of roller coaster, brand new type of ride system. It is, I think I, and I wasn't sure because I couldn't find it, but my understanding was it was like one of the world's longest indoor roller coasters that's ever been made, at least when it's completed. So I was trying to find the validity of that because I had, I, had, I had read that somewhere. So I wanted to see if I could confirm that. So I don't know if that's actually the case, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. This thing incorporates some some pretty interesting ride systems. Obviously, it's a roller coaster per se, but it does have some interesting things about it. First, the coaster itself, um, the actual seats that you're in, like the, the cars themselves, Although the wheels are on the track, the cars themselves can rotate 360 degrees. They had shown uh, a video demonstration of this way back before the building was even finished. It was still outside. But the reasoning for this is apparently there's about, and again, it was hard because I was trying to scrape up as much information as I could about it because it's not done. And they haven't really released every single thing yet. We don't know what it's going to look like. But I do know there's like these projection boxes that they have, like these projection domes, very similar to what they're using that they would use in um, like outdoor stuff that they would use for like harmonious and stuff that they're using where I think there's like three of them. They're pretty massive. And I guess it would project types of stuff in, in certain sections of the, the roller coaster itself. And the cars themselves, as you're going, would rotate to face the direction that it would be going. And actually, my understanding is it would slow the car down enough to where, you know, it basically give you like a, a point of interest that you would see. So that stuff is is really neat. Now, it does reach, from what I understand, it reaches at least 50 miles an hour and can get as high as 100 feet. So you're talking like 10 stories which is way higher than I expected. And, you know, when you see the building, it doesn't, it just doesn't, I mean, it's big, but you don't realize it's that high. So that, that there is just, um, is crazy to me. So you put that together. Plus they also say it's a, obviously it's guardians, which is awesome in itself. I love guardians and that they're building the way they're building the whole pavilion area. I don't even know what you would call it. I guess the, the whole area they have out in front of it. I really want to see behind the scenes on that because I want to see how they do it, like what they're actually incorporating and how they're doing it. Just like as if you would see something new like Rise of the Resistance, which we've seen, I've seen small uh, videos about how they've done that stuff. But that stuff is very interesting to me because of the technology 
It's amazing to me what they do with that type of stuff. So that ride there is something that I want to see. No question. It's just, um, it's crazy to me. So that's why I want to see that because it is like a roller coaster mixed with kind of storytelling, which it does tell a story apparently as it goes through it um, with a roller coaster that actually wrote the the seats themselves or the cars themselves actually rotating 360 to me is pretty amazing. So, yeah, I like that. I like your choice, Joy, because there is just so much for advancement in that thing that I don't want to have to wait to like really learn about it. You know, I know. Like, but, listen, the, the biggest disappointment is that this stuff was supposed to be done by now, just like Tron. And yeah. Cool. So what do you got, Sam? All right. So I chose Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railroad. Railway. 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 Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, so I chose this ride because I love the details on this ride. And I feel like every time I ride this ride, I always find new details that I missed the last time. So I love the the projection mapping and the actual physical sets, the audio animatronics. It's just one of my favorite rides. Like I actually learned something today about it that according to Disney, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway (laughs) (laughs) features more hidden Mickeys than any other Disney attraction. So something I did not know. So now whenever I go ride it again, I'm going to be looking for those hidden Mickeys. Right. and I just like that ride so much. Like, I think it's so cool, like how, the, how it's like trackless and yeah, it's pretty cool. So I definitely would love to see like the behind the scenes on how they made it and, and just how it goes from like one scene to the next scene. And like you have the tornado and then you're falling off the waterfall. waterfall. So it's pretty cool. Like I, I, I would love to see like the behind the scenes on that one. Yeah. That first scene where you get out there and you're in the cars in, in the bigger area. I can't remember what scene it is. And you really like, wow, there's like no tracks. Like so you weird. really are mystified by that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or even like when Daisy, when you were doing the Kunga dance. Yeah. You know, I like, think that's where I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's pretty cool because you're just like everybody's like switching off and you're just like it feels like you're yeah. dancing with her. Yeah. I still can't fathom how they do their trackless ride system. I, I still yeah, I mean, I still can't even fathom how they do it. Lots of sensors, lots of cameras. Yeah, I mean it's what it's got to be right, and it's you yeah. know computers and and I and I what I love too is it's the I think we even spoke about it when we did the ride is that all the the LCD screens like the whole everything there is like LCD screens across the whole the whole ride. Yeah. So the fact that you have to have all this synced up with the sounds and the the video and the ride system, it's amazing. I think we even said it then. It's amazing this ride doesn't break down more because there's so many moving parts to it. Yeah, yeah. the fact that it doesn't is amazing. So yeah, I would love to be able to see behind that that, that ride as well. Yeah, and it's was- always working. One thing that's cool about it, too, is that the way they do the projection mapping onto the physical assets, which is in the ride, which makes it look completely different, which is awesome. Yeah. Like she mentioned, she mentioned the, uh, you know, the the waterfall. It's interesting because as you go into the waterfall and then come back out now, of causing the entire place has changed to where you're like underwater yeah. and all that stuff. But one thing about that ride, every single and we've ridden it many times, every time you ride it, there's just and you guys know it. There's so much going on. Yeah. Like any corner of the place that you look, you'll see something new. Every time I've gone, I see something new because mm-hmm. you can't see everything. There's just too much going on. So yeah, that system would be cool and how, how they incorporate the track list, how they incorporate, you know, scene switching and how that all, or all the that wind, stuff works. When they do the tornado, like how yeah. you just feel like you're in the tornado. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love that ride. So yeah, that would be, I, I agree. That would be a great one to see. Yeah. Cool. And it's two and a half D and not three D by the way, guys. <laughs> Which is weird, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 3D. You got projection mapping for the faces, and then you got the physical sets, but then you yeah. have the LCD screens or probably OLED screens. I'm assuming that's what they're using. Yeah. All right. So, what do you guys got? Well, I'll go first. Okay. 
I've got Carousel of Progress. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Classic. Okay. I know. I thought I'd stick with the classic this time. (laughs) The reason why I chose Carousel of Progress is for the history of it. And I'd like to see footage of the history of it and how the Sherman brothers came up with the song, Mm. how it was, it was started for the 1964 world's fair. And then how it kind of went through the ages of, then it got sponsored by GE. So they had to change the song and then GE dropped out sometime, I think in the eighties or nineties. And then they had to get another song in there and uh, and also just the theater it's you know does the audience move or does the stage move you know i'd like to see them i'd like to see some footage on how they built that sweet theater mm-hmm. yeah oh love carousel we said you know she mentioned the sponsorship today i wouldn't mind seeing a show on sponsors because it's pretty interesting how back in the day they would really oh yeah center with all their sponsorship and i just want to know how that like worked in more detail yep mm-hmm. you know i think it'd be interesting that you don't really hear about you don't and you're right about that over the years they've had quite a lot yeah and a lot back then were like loud and proud on signs yeah, like, the, and, like yeah. you're big with that um, that's not my show though when my I show i you know i was gonna go off script try to get something that's not expected but i'm not doing it on this one Oh, we already know. Me and Gene's favorite, the Country Bears. I made, I pledged an oath to them, so that you know that. I know. Favorite. The reason I, I think we should do it on the Country Bears is there's a lot of backstory on there. It all started from Walt designing Disney's Mineral King Ski Resort, and he wanted a bear band. And who got the project? Our favorite, Mark Davis. And it kind of went from there. It, it never happened because preservationists said, uh-uh, you're not coming in here. But I think that part would be really cool. Plus, you know, visiting the overlays because the Country Bears overlay show was the very first Disney attraction to get an overlay show that swapped out for seasons. It was the first one. And I I think that would be cool. And really seeing like in Joey's uh, attraction, seeing all the craziness of how they do it with all the brand new technology. I think it's also respectful to see how they did it without that technology back there. Agreed. Back in that day, because it's amazing to see what's really going on with those bears and stuff. I mean, you see a lot of the behind the attraction shows and, and shows like that. And you see these mechanics and you're like, are you kidding me? That's what was going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I really feel like that would be a good one because there's a lot of backstory and I think it would bring possibly more appreciation and mm-hmm. attention to the country bears. That's actually pretty cool. And it is neat that, you know, cause I know Walt really started this whole animatronic thing and he was real big into it. And I know they were rudimentary way back, Yeah. but for the systems that they did, you're talking, you know, for very little computing power back then. So Plus that story I told about how Walt said goodbye, which he never said to yeah. people to Mark right. Davis. I think that's a very important moment in Disney history that a lot yeah. of people don't know. Yeah, good point. Um, good point. But yeah, that's pretty cool that you guys both went with uh, the, one of the you know the classics and stuff like that. Yeah, which is cool because you're right. I, I as much as I want to see because I'm big on tech, um, it is pretty neat to see how they used to do it. Yeah, how, and it's still there. I mean, it's still going. Plus, the bears as they are today weren't like there was so many concept drawings of potentials, and we have that book. But it's pretty interesting to see what what he came up with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, go ahead, Gene, with your body wars. 
Okay, so yeah, I went with Kilimanjaro safaris because of the animals, probably. That's um, great. No, that's a great choice. I mean, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, who else? What else would you expect, right? I love the mm-hmm. animals there. I'd love to see all the the behind the scenes stuff. I first off, but we'll get into the animals second. Let's just talk about the setting, right? Like, um, buckle I know in, those, people, <laughs> buckle in and towel off. But it's, I think that the fact that the trucks, the way the trucks run, they're like a different. They don't run on gas, so like even that the truck technology is is a different kind of thing. So that's cool. And and then just the set, which it really is it's not just like a you know a safari it's like it's like a show set really right that's that's always joe rody always kind of explained it there's a way that you you can see the lines you could feel like you're like 50 feet from the lines but they can't get you right i'd love to see how they came up with the schematics of everything how they would know or how would they set it up okay we'll put a moat here we'll we'll put like you know all the stuff that you can't see because of the way it's it's everything's positioned um i that really intrigues me because it like I said, you feel like with some of these dangerous animals, they're right there, but you're safe. You're 100% safe. You don't have to worry about them coming up on the truck. Um, so I'd love to see how they really put that together and how they, they imagined that. Uh, and then even with just, just the regular landscape, like where did they get all the trees from? Where did they get all the shrubs and, bl- and plant life from? Did it come from here? Did it come from Africa? Like, how did they go about doing that stuff and really putting it together? How do they know they can keep the animals safe? Why, you know, there's a lot of stuff that had to go into it when you when you're mixing in live animals that that have free will to do and move wherever they want to go unless there's something blocking them, like like with the lions. So just to see that, and then also just the thought process of when they decide of which animals to bring, what made them choose the animals to bring? What made them choose these animals? And where did these animals come from? Did they come from local places here? Did they come from overseas? Which ones were born? Which ones were born here? Like there's always every year you have a couple of new births of of animals that were born in animal kingdom. Kingdom. And so I'd love to really kind of see the the, the back history of you know the, the family tree of a lot of these animals that where do they come from? Are they are they like first generation Americans? You know, like who knows? So there's a lot of stuff that I'd love to see as far as the the background of of Kilimanjaro safaris, mainly because like I said, animals just intrigue me and I have this like intense insane like just crazed love about yeah about wildlife and animals in general but then there's also the architecture and the imagineering of what they did to put this attraction together and it's it's a huge attraction it's probably it's got it's got to be the biggest attraction in any of the parks right i mean i don't even know how many how big it is but it's got to be the biggest one when you talk about all the space that it, it amasses so um i would love 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 to be able to get to like get the, the the backstage view on the animals where they came from how they put them together how they brought them here how they were born here if they were born here and then just the show set that they did which is Kilimanjaro Safari the architecture and the imagineering it intrigues me to like no end and I think that would be an excellent version of behind the scenes and especially how quirky and animals are you know I think Patrick Brewster would come up with some pretty cool dad jokes talking about these animals with as quirky as they can be too because who doesn't love a good dad joke <laughs> We actually like good dad jokes. I put that on. I, 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 that was a softball for you, Dan. I put that one out there for you. Just you like, know, yeah. um, and I mentioned a lot of this back when we started, how much I love that Animal Kingdom show. They do go into it a little bit about mm-hmm. moats, but they just kind of give you a taste. And they also um, really go into how much they put into the lighting to really, mm-hmm. really mimic exact lighting that would happen in their surroundings mm-hmm. and uh, how they put cameras in things to monitor and how they had to be really careful so there's there's just so much you're right there's a couple of good documentaries on on animal kingdom in general but i'd love to see just a more focused 
just an episode just on Kilimanjaro where they could actually spend the whole hour just focusing on Kilimanjaro Safari, you know, with, where they go at night. And I know they touch on that a little bit in other documentaries, but you know, where do they go at night? Cause I know they don't, they don't just stay out there. They go, they go into, into pens and stuff. So I, I just think it'd be really fantastic to kind of get to see like a bird's eye view of, of everything that they do. You know, and there's a million other places, a million other rides I'd love to see too. Like I said, new ones and old ones, but yeah, with the animals, the touch of the animals to me would, that does it for me. Like I'd love to see that. I think, uh, I think going back to the attractions, I'm yeah. sorry not to be right. No, that's okay. I think we'd all like to see it on every one of them because, yes. of course, yes. at some point, love it all. I mean, please just keep making them. Please, I mean, please. yeah, we, we talked story. about this before this ever came out. Like when we started, we we wanted to see this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just that we've gotten what we've gotten is awesome, and mm-hmm. and now learning uh, in the interview that there is plans for expansion on this mm-hmm. topic is yeah. great. Is awesome. What, no, but like Brian said, though, it, it, the, the best thing to do to show that you like is watch them all. Don't don't cherry pick the ones. Watch them all because all, they're all going to be good. And yeah. that's how they know when they see the streaming. That's how Disney Plus knows. Let's keep going. And, and, you know, and listen, as long as you got a quality director like like Brian and you got The Rock behind it. I mean, Disney, if, you think if, if The Rock goes to Disney and says, we want to try more of these, they're going to say no. I mean, that's they're never right. going to do that. So well, as long as The Rock is involved in it. A good testament to your point is, I mean, Stephanie watched... The, the star wars one and wasn't really like in the room and she came in and was super interested yeah. in it, even though she's not like a star wars huge star wars yeah. fan so even if you're not a fan of whatever episode it doesn't really matter you, you'll kind of be a fan at Watch the end of all. it yeah yeah they're, they're really good and again like i said it, like anything that you it, the, the rock can pretty much do no wrong right now in hollywood right i mean if yeah, he no goes kidding. to disney it's like we, we right. want to do more of these. I don't think Disney's going to say no. So right. um, as long as The Rock's still into it, that's really, you know, let's, let's hope that he selects doing these. And I think he does. I think he, if, the more you hear him speak about the history of Disney and the culture of Disney, the more you realize he's really into it. I think it's legitimate. Yeah. I think it's authentic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love seeing I do that. too. I do too. One you of know? my favorite parts about it too is the, um, not because, you know, obviously you want to see how they, they actually do the magic and, you know, the way it works and stuff. But one of the cool things you find out about is this, the stories behind them and how they were created or how they were going to be. And then things mm-hmm. were changed. Yep. The one with the Haunted Mansion, I had no idea that that idea sat on the shelf for like 10 years before they yeah. found yeah. it. I mean, it's just that is one of the best parts of the series is finding out the actual stories behind these things. Yeah, like the building just sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else I like? The other touch on it is they don't just talk about one of the Haunted Mansions or one of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, well, they didn't do Pirates yet, but you know what I mean? But they don't talk about one of, of, of a specific ride. They talk about where every park that has that ride yeah. they talk about each version of it, which I right. like too, because you get to see, like you get to in, in real time kind of compare that's Disneyland's that's magic kingdoms. That's, you know, Disney, uh, that Disneyland Paris's version. And you can kind of see throughout the one episode, how they, how they all are a little different from the other, you know, and I, I appreciate that portion of it too. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I hope that they do a, a bunch more of these series is, I think I think it's fantastic, and you. I tell you what, I thought The Rock was so good on the Jungle Cruise one. I'd like to see The Rock maybe join in on some of the um, on some of the uh, the narrating with Patrick Brewster. I almost kind of go back and forth. I would love to see him do that because he's 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 so funny and he's so like just personable. I would love to see him join that. But I think that it's a really good series. I love all these behind the scenes documentaries. We've said it all the time whenever whenever they come up. I think we all really really appreciate them. Um, So yeah, so hopefully we'll get more of these. And this is just the tip of the iceberg with it, you know. Perfect. But um, but yeah. So guys, that's gonna do it for today's show. We got some uh, some thank yous and some announcements. First, let's thank our sponsor, Magical Travel by Brian. The Disney Underground is proudly brought to you by Magical Travel by Brian. Contact Brian to help you book your next vacation. Magical Travel by Brian can help you not only book your next Disney vacation, but much much more. He can also help you book your Universal Studios vacations, all inclusive Caribbean resorts. 
cruises, corporate travel, even destination weddings. And they're going to get you the best possible price on your trip. And that's a promise. And you know what the best part is, Dan? It's free. That's right. They're completely free. It's a no-brainer. It doesn't cost a cent. So for info, please reach out to Magical Travel by Brian. You can check them out on their website, www.magicaltravelbybrian.com. Brian at magicaltravel.com. And that's Brian, B-R-I-A-N. And you can also reach him by phone, 1-800-883-1535, extension. Double Bingle, five, five. There you go. Is that like the Red Rum kid? <laughs> so yeah, so thank you to our sponsor. And uh, we also want to say thank you to Pete McDevitt for stopping by. Go check out his YouTube show, The Pete McDevitt Show on YouTube. You know, Pete's just got a remarkable story, um, all the adversity he's dealt with. Go check him out. He's a, one of the best guys that I've met uh, of all the YouTubers. He's one of, honestly one of the best guys I've met. Go check him out. Uh, and also, let's say thank you to Brian Volkweiss, BV Dub, as I like to call him. Remember, go check out that second batch of episodes of Behind the Attractions on Disney+. Plus. It starts this August 25th. Go, in two days, go check it out. And also, you know, we've got some things to announce in the near future. Uh, so we'll talk briefly about it real quick. I just want to, you know, look for October 1st. We will be launching our brand new website. We will be doing a uh, a new logo for the Magical Lifestyle. Um, and we're also hoping to then by then hopefully launch a few new shows that we'll be talking about as well as the YouTube. And yeah, so we have a lot of stuff kind of coming up October 1st. Look out for it. We are also going to be doing some stuff with Give Kids the World. So stay tuned for that. And uh, you know what? Next week's episode, we'll actually have Omar from Give Kids the World and how you can get involved with helping Give Kids the World as well. It's a tremendous charity and it's, a, it's an important one as well. And also next week, we'll actually be joined by Aaron Goldberg, Disney author and historian Aaron Goldberg. So make sure you come check that out as well next week. All right, guys. And with that, let's uh, let's say adios to the crew, Joey and Sammy. Adios, my friends. Bye. Bye. Great show. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, and uh, uh, let's check out those years. Yeah, let me, uh, you can, oh, go ahead. You want to tell me you can find us? good. You can find us at in Instagram at JSA Creations, JSA C-R-3-D-T-I-O-N-S. And check out our new Captain Hook and Hades inspired ears. Which we just released. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good luck with those. And Thanks. over to the Midwest, the bestners of the Midwesterners, Dan and Steph. Adios, my friends. Bye. It was oh. so much fun tonight. What? Well, like he said, we had to say goodbye. I was like, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant at me. Your performance? Like I, yeah. No. Anyway, <laughs> check us out on Instagram, Rock and Roll DW. We'll actually have some new content coming Hopefully. up here. We will. Well, we'll have some stuff other than <laughs> the YouTube sound- video that we're, we're putting together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we will. We will. Yep. And if you come over, I will laugh, a chuckle, and a ripper on day. Yeah. And guys, check us out on Instagram at the Disney Underground. And then you can also check me out. My name is Gene. You can check me out on Instagram at the Magical Lifestyle. It's at the underscore magical underscore lifestyle. And guys, remember, have a great today, a better tomorrow. We'll see you next time. <laughs>